She with you. I thought she was with you. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have the return of the Black Dragon, Vernon. Hello. I have the king of Let's Plays, Axelon. Yo. And I have, due to contractual constraints, Goose. <laughs> Hello. All right, and today we're actually going to be studying the landmark Supreme Court case, Batman v. Superman, uh, which determined that superhero movies get terrible names. Whoa. I mean, Dawn of Justice would have been okay, but... Dawn of Justice would have been... I would have been fine World's with... World's Finest. Bat- World's Finest. A Batman slash Superman, I would have been okay with. Um, Batman versus Superman, I would have also think would have been <laughs> all right. Batman v. Superman makes it sound like a court case. <laughs> it makes it sound like something you study where there was some landmark decision about, like, superhero registration or something. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So I just, I just, I see Batman v Superman, I think, court case. But obviously we're talking about the film Batman v Superman. Guys, I made it to a theater to watch a movie. Hooray! No way. I've been doing it so many times now, people are going to think that I'm just full of it when I say it's really hard for me to get out and do that. But uh, <laughs> I did it with Star Wars, I did it with Deadpool, and now Batman v Superman. Eventually, I'm so proud of you. Eventually, we're going to have to stop doing this, uh, because it is hard to get out to the theater to watch a movie. Um, however, I recently discovered Fandango, and that made things a lot easier for me. Do you, are you like one of their like rewards points earners? Well, and- because my theater has assigned seating. Oh. So if I use Fandango, I can buy the ticket like days ahead of time, skip the line, and I know where I'm going to sit so I don't have to try to get there early or play that game. So it makes Fair it, enough. It makes it easier to plan in advance. Uh, but we don't really care about my ticket purchasing habits. We care about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, which is kind of an amalgamation of a Man of Steel sequel. I think there was like a Batman solo movie in there somewhere. There were some Justice League prequel notes in there. And maybe a follow-up to the yet-released Wonder Woman movie. I, there was a lot going on in this in this movie. So, I guess, let me just start right off the bat in saying I did not like jesse eisenberg in this at all i think that's i just have to start by saying oh we're jumping right into characters <laughs> we're jump we're we're all over the place i have not even almost formulated anything on this i have to say it this is my my initial thought is there were a lot, a lot of question marks walking in uh ben mm. affleck was the big one i mean remember when ben affleck was the big question mark and i think oh, man, he, he yeah. probably came out of this movie looking the best out of any, everybody oh absolutely uh but jesse eisenberg as lex luthor i don't understand that and even if you want to say well he wasn't the real lex luthor he was, i don't know why i projected that voice onto my listening base <laughs> i apologize but i know they they make him like well he's not the real lex luthor he's he's the the son of the, the real lex luthor i want to see that lex luthor i don't want to see this one <laughs> Well, listen, that was a bunch of words for to explain stuff that has nothing to do with the fact that, yeah, I, I didn't really like him either. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was gearing up for this big thing. It was just weird. Um, for a movie that's taking itself so seriously, he seemed really over the top. He was, he was very cartoony for a movie that was trying so hard to try to play the Amazon warrior, a man who dresses like a bat and the last son of Krypton fighting. It was uh, anyway, <laughs> honest to God, I wanted to see like Gene Hackman walk in and just go upside his head. <laughs> I was really like, sort of boy, hoping. That's not how you do it. I was hoping against all hope Brian Cranston was going to roll out 
That would have been amazing. Just, you know, be, say my name. <laughs> You're <laughs> damn right. I am the one who knocks. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, yeah, and I yeah. would have appreciated him, like, mm-hmm. Brian Cranston saying the whole, you know, if if man won't kill God, the devil will do it. I think that would have been delivered so much better than the devil will do it. And just really, like, just basically, uh, basically every every part of the movie that Jesse Eisenberg was in, uh, Brian Cranston would have done <laughs> at least a thousand times better. Agreed. Yeah. And I we're mean, going to actually get that twist and find out that this Lex Luthor really is going to become the Riddler. <laughs> he did. He did play him like the Riddler an awful lot. Uh, I, I saw it with my wife, and my wife even said, like, he, he seemed like he was playing him more like the Joker. And I said, or the Riddler? And then she stopped and goes, yes. Yes, that was the Riddler. <laughs> Or their love child. Joker, it was Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yeah, except <laughs> I would have rather had Jim Carrey play Lex Luthor, quite frankly. Captain Box. Kill ya. You know, he's he has played some, some pretty uh, disturbing characters. I think he could have pulled it off. But anyway, we're not talking about Jim Carrey. Um, probably a good time now to mention Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was his sled... <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing's off the table. Everything's fair game. I could cut this and put it in the beginning, but I'm not going to. Snape so, kills Dumbledore. Uh, so let's talk about this movie. Uh, it has it has been getting a bit of a rough go from the critics. I know some some people really loved it, and some people have really hated it. I I sort of see it the same way I saw Man of Steel, which is like, hey, I didn't love Man of Steel, but I did like it. I'm the same way with with Dawn of Justice. I I didn't love this movie. I did not walk out saying like, wow, what a tremendous, but I was entertained for two and a half hours. And that's, that's better than a lot of movies have been able to give me. So I can't take that away from it. It it was, it was entertaining. Uh, I will say that you probably shouldn't think too hard about the stuff that's being put in front of you because, uh, as, as being the host of Hero Talk has, has led me to do, I think too hard about the stuff being presented in front of me. What? And, And when you start doing that, you're like, oh, well, that's, didn't make any sense and why would he say that why would he do that and why did it take superman so long to get from gotham city to his ship it was i don't know we'll, we'll talk about all of this in 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 the uh, in the upcoming roughly hour to hour and a half that we're going to discuss this depending on how much we have to edit and hey maybe we'll get a blooper reel out of this who knows uh so I'm I'm lukewarm. I mean, like I said, it was entertaining, and as as long as I can be entertained, I can't say that it was not worth my time. I think I can probably say that if there's such a thing as it was an entertaining and enjoyable bad movie, I think that's kind of where this is. But enough about me. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you guys, and I'm going to go in alphabetical order. And so that starts with Axelon. What do you think of Batman v Superman? I ended up liking this movie. I, I, I'm with you. It felt like the same reaction to, like, Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's there. It's not all there, but I liked it. Um, I don't think it's as bad as the, uh, like, the Rotten Tomatoes rating says it is. I've seen way worse well, movies. What is it on Rotten Tomatoes right now? It's like 29. I think it's like a 29, yeah. Oh, no, it's better than that. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. I wouldn't give it. It's nowhere near that bad. No, it's not it's the a, worst superhero movie I've seen. It's not the best superhero movie I've seen. Yeah. It's a solid C C plus. Goose, goose. What do you think of the landmark Supreme Court case, Batman v Superman? I have to agree with you guys. I really do put it in that same category as Man of Steel, in that it wasn't like it's not like a cinematic masterpiece by any standard. But I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that's about the best I can – like, it wasn't great, and I could even stand the argument it wasn't good, but it was enjoyable and entertaining, and what more could I really ask for? 
All right, Vernon. I think a lot of people went into this wanting to hate it. Uh, I, between I agree. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> between the between the you know the I guess the Ben Affleck hate and the Jesse Eisenberg hate and just the hate in general carried over from Man of Steel. I think that there were a lot of people that just were going to pay money to see it. And then they hate on it regardless of what they saw. Um, and like you guys said, it's not groundbreaking. Um, it's by no means a masterpiece and there are definitely some flaws, but I was entertained. Um, so, you know, I, I walked out. I was like, wow, that, that I actually had a good time, but I had a lot of questions with that. So yeah. overall, yeah, I, you know, I'd see it again and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And now there's also the part of this is that unlike the Marvel movies where I, I can, you know, I only have a little bit of a, a savviness about them. This was a DC movie that that pulled from a lot of source material that I'm intimately familiar with. So there was a lot of stuff where I, you know, I sort of knew where they were going with it ahead of time. Uh, a couple of lines I knew what they were going to say before they said them because they were word for word from a comic I'd read. So I I think maybe I brought some baggage in with me because, like I said, I saw this movie with my wife and she loved this movie. She thought it was great. And she doesn't know anything about anything like she doesn't know who Doomsday is. You know, she was completely missed the whole death of Superman thing in the 90s. So I, I think there's probably some people who would enjoy it more knowing less I'm not sure if that's really how you want to do a movie like this, but anyway. And I think also, in terms of hate bringing in, long as I mentioned them, I think there was a lot of doomsday hate walking into this movie. Yep. And a lot of people were very upset that they gave away the sort of the, the third act twist. Was it really a twist, though? I mean, oh, I it's mean, not like it, he just popped out of nowhere. He was foreshadowed fairly decently he was, in. Yeah, he was foreshadowed a little bit. But, I mean, the idea that we all knew that was coming, like, when, when they give it away like that, you basically, like, you can come to the conclusion, like, so apparently the whole Batman v Superman thing is just for two acts, because... I mean, like, even before the trailer spoiled me about Doomsday, I kind of figured they would team up to fight against a third threat at some point. That's just how yeah. movies go. Yeah, I, I mean, was sort yeah, of hoping who else for. Are you gonna, who else I was hoping for Darkseid. Really? Yeah. Darkseid this early? Well, I they they're already they're, him. they're already trying to bring yeah. in the Justice League this early. True, true. I just like who else are they gonna get? Metallo? I mean, now let's be. Let's I think be Metallo clear was here. at one point going to be in this movie, but they cut him because they thought it was getting a little too busy. Oh, I believe it, and it's I busy enough as it is. But the, Metallo the, over Doomsday, to be honest, I would as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's here's the thing. This movie is packed to the brim with Easter eggs, and that's a, a whole big thing of like I think why they decided not to go with an end credit sequence because they had just jammed so much in here where like. If you blink, you'll miss it. And even if you do catch it, you're like, what the hell was that? Um, so within that, I mean, you know, if you're going into this and you just see Metallo pop up and you're not a comic reader, you know, you're going to be even more lost. Like, oh, is that somebody I should know? Yeah. Although I did stay for the whole credits to see if there was something at the end because somebody didn't tell me in time <laughs> that there was nothing at the end. I was working. I'm sorry. Yeah, we kind of dropped the ball on that yeah, one. Yeah, you did. You you both did. <laughs> I didn't know if there was an end uh, kind of yeah. thing or not. Anyway, so uh, I never stay for those anymore. Yeah, right. my mom and my wife went to went to see it with me, and they they wanted to stay um, to see if. Well, my mom wanted to stay to see if there was an end credit sequence, and I'm like, Mom, there's no end credit sequence, and she's like, Let me experience it for myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not that guy. Stuff. I'm even like, I'm the kind of guy who says, like, is there something at the end of the credits? Yeah. What is it? Is it worth staying for? Because I have booked out of movies before without even caring what the end credits was. I think I left Iron Man 2 because I knew it was just Thor's hammer at the end. Uh, so let's talk, just jump into the cast because uh, this is going to take a while because it was a little <laughs> busy. Um, so we, we've already kind of touched on it. So Ben Affleck was Batman. I don't have any issues with how we portrayed him. I think I thought he was great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no complaints. Stole the show. Yeah, yeah, he was annoying. he was definitely the the main. I mean, Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, they are they they have the look and feel of of Batman and Superman. Now, maybe the tone was a little off, but that's not really the fault of them. That's sort of the fault of the movie and the screenwriter and the directors. But uh, in terms of look and feel, I mean, these guys were they were Batman and Superman. When I saw them, I saw Batman and Superman. So oh, yeah. definitely, definitely, nothing, nothing you can say about them. So I don't know if you guys noticed this. I did when I was in the theater, and uh, it's IMDb is the same way. So Amy Adams is back as Lois Lane, although her credited role is just Lois, no Lane. <laughs> That's weird, right? Like, why? <laughs> everyone else has a last name except for Alfred and Lois. They just get to be Alfred and Lois. Because the movie is off the road, man. There are no lanes. Uh, <laughs> wow. 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 Did you pull anything trying to stretch to make that joke work? I'm honestly proud of that one. You should not be. Well done. All right. Yeah, so Amy Adams is as Lois Lane. I they didn't really give Lois a lot to do in this movie. There's she's yeah, she's doing the whole track down the bullet thing, but uh that seemed completely unnecessary and just like padding. I mean, we know that again, this is not accessible to people who don't pay attention to the comics, but we know that Lex Luthor is the bad guy, and the fact that they're taking time out of it with the whole <laughs> bullet thing to realize that Lex Luthor is the bad guy, that that definitely could have been used for I don't know, character yeah. development or anything else. And the thing that bugged me about that the most is that it was a very un-Luthor-like plan. I mean, okay, so you're using a bullet that literally only you make, so as soon as somebody finds one, you're busted. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was a horrible plan. The, the idea that they're shooting people and going Superman did it was also kind of a really weak plan because well, that, I mean that's I think that scene's been been misconstrued. I mean, like some people are saying, "Oh my god!" Like they actually believe Superman went in there and shot everyone. That's not what the the controversy in the movie was. Hmm. It was that Superman went in there, busted up some like rogue general terrorist, and then like the entire region afterwards went to chaos because there was this power vacuum. Oh, yeah, that, that was makes, not that clear at all. Sense. Yeah, yeah, that general <laughs> did definitely get broken to like eight pieces. So yeah, they that, accused that, him that... of killing people while he was there. Yeah, like they made a point out of it, saying that they think he might have done it. Well, yeah, the only person he might have killed was the general when he like speed tackled him, yeah. which he says he didn't. Although this movie, and again, it's it's kind of weird. Everyone kind of thought there was going to be some fallout from him killing Zod about how he like finally makes his peace with I don't kill, and that didn't really happen because he's like, well, I didn't kill him. You know, I would have though. I would have snapped his neck if I really had to. But <laughs> though, speaking of killing though, yeah, Ben Affleck's Batman went to the Michael Keaton school of Batman preserving life, which yes, he is, did, and I love it. Oh yes. Uh, now th that there are, I know some people who are like, if you're one of the more extreme Batman fanboys or fangirls, I I know some people had some some major issues with the fact that Batman kills. Uh, he does uh, use guns. Uh, he uses guns in a dream sequence, and he has guns mounted on just about everything that he employs. And 
Uh, he does, in fact, at one point actually fire a gun at, at an individual, causing them to be probably killed, but maybe coming back as, with a mask. Um, actually, if you paid attention to the original Christopher Nolan universe, um, Batman totally kills Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Well, that that one was kind of odd, because he just, like, he's he's sitting there, and he's, like, he's talking to Ra's al Ghul on the train, and he's, like, like giving a lecture, like, I'm not going to kill you, but you stay here on the train that's heading towards the building that I won't let you stop. <laughs> So, but then, I mean, he went even a little beyond that. Like, in this movie, there's definitely, there were some, like, they could have survived. No, those people didn't survive. I'm glad they straight up killed those. Like, I am so tired. Like, Arkham Knight, for instance. I don't buy that at all. Like, you know, he he preaches up and down. He doesn't kill people. But some of the things he does... With the rubber bullets? Yeah. Like, running over people with a Batmobile at, like, 80 miles an hour? No. Well, he no. shocks them out of the way. No. <laughs> no. They, they want something cool for gameplay. Don't, don't tell me he, he's not killing people. Just, just ki- have him kill people. Yeah. Now, I'm, <laughs> I am about as big a Batman fanboy as, as there could be. Uh, well, given at the same time that I'm pragmatic and mature. Not that I'm just putting down fanboys, but I sort of was. Um, but I, I know the character the way he's presented in the comic books. I have read Batman comic books as going as far back as the 60s into the 50s, some stuff from the, you know, the 40s. Like, I, I know Batman. I understand that the Batman that's presented in the comic books, the classic Batman, would not line up with the Ben Affleck Batman. But you sometimes have to do something a little different to make something work in a movie. And in the movie, sometimes Batman has to be a little more, you know, sometimes it, you just he has to shoot people and blow people up and brand them in order to actually work on the big screen. Um, I didn't take too much of an issue with it. Like, I can accept that, yeah, this isn't really a direct adaption from the comic book, but I'm just going to kind of roll with it and see where this movie goes with it. And that's what I did, and I I didn't find myself getting too bothered by it, to be perfectly honest. It's not like they tried to hide it either. Like, in the very first trail, we see him blowing people up with his plane. I mm-hmm. mean, it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. People knew, people should have known going in, like, yeah, he's, he's going to pull a Michael Keaton. He's going to kill people. Yeah. And, I mean, there are times where, like, when he's fighting all those guys and the guy, like, drops the grenade. And, like, see, now, comic book Batman would then try to get those guys away from the grenade. Movie Batman's like, oh, I probably shouldn't have brought the grenade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so going to kill you. don't bring a grenade to a bat fight. But I don't have to save you. Yeah, it was there you go. Yeah. one of those situations. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I was not personally offended by it. So I, I understand some people would be, and there are people who just to see him use the gun. I, that gun scene, and the one I'm referring to is the very end when he's trying to save Superman's mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're spoiling this movie. Why not? When he, that scene comes directly out of Dark Knight Returns. Except in Dark Knight Returns, I think it was a baby, not Superman's mom. But I mean, like, well, directly, like I'll do it. You got to believe me, I'll do it. And he says, I believe you, and shoots. And I think the point that they were trying to make in that comic book is that this is a Batman where he does not kill, but he will if he has to. Fair enough. I like I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I didn't have a problem with it to begin with. Yeah. Now, now yeah. there are people. There are people who despise the Dark Knight Returns almost exclusively because of that scene in in the comic. And I'm I'm just kind of I just shrug your shoulders and like it doesn't have to match every other thing I've seen. It can be something different, and I can accept it. So anyway, now I think we've talked about the uh, the gray area of Batman's uh, moral code. Uh, we've talked about Jesse Eisenberg enough, so we're going to leave leave him alone. And I I don't want to go back on too many people we've already talked about in Man of Steel, other than to once again point out that we have Lawrence Fishburne, and he was not given enough to do. 
Yeah. Once again, it seems a like a, a pattern in this movie, doesn't it? Diane Lane, um, yeah. Heather Hunter, Loris Fishburne, Lawrence, not Loris. Um, yeah. yeah, just not enough to do. Yeah. yeah it was feels so it, bad. It was too I like, he basically spends the whole movie yelling at Clark Kent to write about football. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Have you written that football piece yet? Like, wow, this this man loves football. I don't, I don't. Know. Uh, Holly Hunter as Senator Finch. I guess it was a, it was a little surprising when she got you know blowed up, but I I just I don't I don't really uh, I didn't like her. I mean, I was <laughs> fine with her, and that whole scene where Superman comes to the courthouse. That's I know we haven't gotten to that part, but state it's, capital, not the courthouse. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me, I misspoke. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I love the tension in that scene of just when she like looks at the jar, and it's just. Oh my God! This is the this is the the, the grandma's peach uh whatever grandma's peach, peach tea, tea yeah um thing that Lex was talking well, that he was that she was talking to Lex about and just Holly Hunter sells it she's such a great actress in that in that, uh, that she she made that scene without her yep. that scene has no no weight to it at all oh my God I was so scared all right but moving on um as long as we're on that scene that scene also killed Mercy Graves. Uh, which is a character, uh, I think she's from the cartoon show, but she probably transitioned to the, to the comics. Played by, and we're gonna have a hero talk, ladies and gentlemen, Tao Okamoto, maybe? I don't know. I'm sorry. We know Sounds I can't good. Right. You yeah. did your best. That was, that, that's probably pretty close. If not exactly, other than, I, my accent probably butchered it, but, uh, I liked her in it. Again, she didn't have a whole lot to do, and she's playing a character that was sort of a fan favorite, and then they blew her up. This movie seems to have a real problem with that. I mean, they introduced and killed Jimmy Olsen within like 30 seconds of the yep. start. Didn't make it out of the then, opening scene. Yeah, and then this character dies here. It's like, wow, people. <laughs> yeah, they, uh. I, Did I, I miss the Jimmy Olsen death? Jimmy Olsen was the CIA agent with the camera. Oh my god! <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that, that was, was Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen? Olsen. That was yep. Jimmy Olsen. Yep, that was. Although him. they never, they, they never say his name, but it's he's, Jimmy he's, Olsen. he's not established in the film. But Zack Snyder came out later yeah. and said, "Yeah, that was Jimmy Olsen." Oh my yeah, god! You see, yeah, you see him in the credits. That's how I figured it out. Wow, what? Oh man, <laughs> how yeah. crappy is that? I know. Wow, it's Michael Cassidy. However, did play. Yeah, he is credited as Jimmy Olsen. So we're destroying oh. the movie for Vernon now. <laughs> or is it really Jimmy Olsen? Because what's his face is Jimmy Olsen in Supergirl. Uh, Makad Brooks, I believe, plays him in Supergirl, mm-hmm. and I didn't just look that up. So let me hold on. <laughs> Makad Brooks, Supergirl. Much... <laughs> actually... You love Supergirl. <laughs> I do love Supergirl, although it's gotten kind of cheesy, but I still love it. I can't help it. They just, I just saw the Flash episode. I've been catching up. That actually happened a while ago, but I just saw it uh, this week, and it was. Um, every, every bit as fun as I thought it would be. It was, it was fun and light and was a great team up. Basically the exact opposite of Batman v Superman. (laughs) But they don't actually race. They, they don't race, although they make a point at one point when she thinks that she got somewhere first. You're like, yeah, I stopped and I scouted the location. So anyway, um, all right. Is there anybody else in the cast I really want to get? Oh yeah, of course. I'm missing the 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 big one. Um, Gal Gadot or Godot. I think we said Godot in in the last hero talk we talked about this movie, and I actually think it's Gadot. She it pronounces Godot. it Gadot. 
She Is says really? Gadot. Yeah, so she I'm gonna, says Gadot. I'm going to so presume I'm she's correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to just refer to her as ma'am, and that'll just... <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah we, we got that wrong. Did anybody go back and listen to that hero talk where we did all the, the speculation to see how, how right and how wrong we were? Mm-mm. I know Goose I did, did, yes. Yeah, I did not. And you would think I would, but uh, I did not. So <laughs> what do you want from me? I didn't do it. Uh, how close were we, Goose? Very close. You in particular were right on, although now that we know we said her name wrong, it makes my waiting for Godot joke just fall flat. <laughs> it really does, yeah. <laughs> although if you listen to that podcast, that joke went way over my head when we recorded. <laughs> it wasn't until I was doing the editing on that, on that and I heard you say it the second time. I'm like, oh, man, I totally let that go. A bad joke is a bad joke in any era. Yeah. All right. But yeah. So Gal Gadot uh, playing Wonder Woman uh, and Diana Prince was the character's name, although the, the word Diana never actually they were never spoken in the movie. She was called Ms. Prince, I think, once. Yeah, it's okay. We but, know her name is Diana. Yeah, I I really think for as much as Wonder Woman plays into the third act, I think she probably should have been more prominent in the first and second acts. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, she should have done more than just show up and and just foil Bruce Wayne at parties. I agree, but at the same time, I'm wondering what she would even do. I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of Wonder Woman, I got to say, I actually like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I like her better as Wonder Woman than as Diana Prince. Uh, there were there were other picks that I had for Wonder Woman that I think probably could have played the Diana Wonder Woman dichotomy better. Uh, one of them that comes immediately to mind is Jamie Alexander, who is probably best known for Lady Sif. Yes. From the Thor yeah, movies. Yeah, I can see that working. Yeah. She looks like, like Wonder Woman. Like, when you just see her out and about, she looks like Wonder Woman trying to disguise herself as a normal human. So I really would have probably liked to have seen her, and I think she was on the list at one point that they were they were looking at for it, but... Uh, yes. Um, I think that... I think, yeah, Marvel Marvel snagged her first, so she's under contract. Yeah. But I, I think she just would play Wonder Woman a lot better than a Lady Sif, in my but opinion. God forbid someone do a Marvel and a DC movie. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that she can't, but like, for Ryan I'm Reynolds. sure it's... <laughs> Worked for Ben Affleck. Just saying. What are, you, what are you talking about, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. He was Green Lantern and he was Deadpool. Was he? There, there was no Green Lantern movie. What are you talking about? No, we did uh, a hero talk. <laughs> I, see, I see what you're doing. Uh, you might want to. I had to record that thing. <laughs> Green Lantern has been cemented in hero talk history. Yeah, I can't deny it if I wanted to. Um, yeah, Ben Affleck was was the uh, was the the Daredevil, and then then the Batman. Although he played Daredevil a lot like Batman, and he plays Batman uh, a lot like Mean Batman. I'm not the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess we skipped right over this, but it's something we need to talk about. So every time we get a new Batman, of course, we have to talk about the voice. Uh, in this case, he kind of used a a, a voice distorter like on Arrow. Uh, I thought I was really going to be annoyed with that. I ended up not minding it very much. I actually kind of liked it. I did, too. I feel like that was actually a direct response to the criticisms about uh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were like, you know what? We're just going to give him a voice modulator. Yeah. It works perfectly. I, I think it did. When I was watching the trailers, I didn't think I was going to like it. I'm like, oh, is he going to use that stupid voice the whole time? And then in the movie, I'm like, no, this works, actually. I kind of like it. Agreed. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're all in a agreement on that. All right. Anybody else from the cast we want to talk about? I think I think that's that's it. That's that's all I kind of want to say. Oh, Jeremy Irons, I guess. Yes. Uh, Alfred. As, as spot on an Alfred as I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I would have liked to have seen more of him because, yes. again, he's another actor that was put into this movie that didn't have enough to do. 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, in terms of what he did for Alfred, he played Alfred the way I kind of would want Alfred to act. I mean, even like even you managed to outlive dying young, not for lack of trying. Yeah. And yeah. Hey, maybe you'll meet some young metropolitan woman and settle down or just wish uh, it's all the stuff Alfred normally says, like the the sort of the the backhanded passive aggressive. I don't approve of what you do, even though I help you do it. Yeah, the the tired, like sarcastic, but oh, well, he's going to do it anyway. I'm going to help him. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was fun. All right, I'm done with the cast. I would mention Diane Lane, but again, not enough to do. No, it's nothing different than what she did the last time around. Yep. Yeah, we've already well, kind of talked about Diane Lane I mean, as Hawk Kent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So the story, or what we can call the story. The problem, again, I'm very well versed in Batman and Superman comic books. I have seen Batman and Superman interact in so many various different ways and be presented in so many different situations that I feel like one of those should have been drawn upon a little bit more than trying to base their their first meeting on The Dark Knight Returns, which is a book that only works if they've known each other for years. Yeah, well, and they have to come to blows as old men. I, th- I yeah. feel like they took they they absolutely took some imagery and some themes from the Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, clearly, yeah. Like the armor. There's even like the cover. If you in your blinking, you miss it moments. You yep. see the cover for the the, the graphic novel. Uh-huh. As far as like, I mean, I I like that they went with like a Batman who's like a veteran. Well, Superman's like fairly brand new mm-hmm. to the world. Like he's been doing it like a year and a half by the time yeah. the movie like actually starts in the mm-hmm. modern day. And but mm-hmm. Batman's been doing it for like 20 years. He's old. He's angry, angrier, I should say. You know, it, yeah. I, I felt like that particular theme worked without getting into oh, like that, the that was the right move. That was the right move to make. I will agree yeah. with that. That was ex- exactly how you make this work. Because what you don't want is Superman starts fighting crime, and then at the exact same time, Batman starts fighting crime, and then these two fresh-faced rookies have to meet up with each other. And then at the exact same time, every member of the Justice League starts fighting crime. <laughs> yeah, because that would be ridiculous if all of a sudden just all these other heroes showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, yes. On a, on a hard drive somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> we'll get to that scene, I'm sure. We'll get to it. Um, that, like I thought that it, it also, you know, when they did it with the uh, with the Batman Superman crossover in the animated series uh, way back when, um, like Batman was investigating something, Superman got mixed up in it, and they kind of were at odds because it was their first time kind of meeting. But Batman had already been monitoring Superman for a while. Yeah. Um, it's just they hadn't met face to face yet, and then it's Batman who figures out who Superman is before Superman figures out who Batman is. Uh, and actually, then, actually, no. It was the other Superman way around. Superman cheats. Oh, Superman, Superman cheats. cheats. Yeah. And okay. so then Batman follows him back to his apartment and gotcha. kind of says, hey. He's like, yeah, I can see you. Hi. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> okay. So it, so in that, uh, you know, I I don't know. I thought that worked. Yeah. There was a uh, there was a comic series that came out, and I want to say like 15, maybe 20 years ago now. Oh, man. Am I, am I that old? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. So 15, 20 years ago, and it was a. Uh, it, it wouldn't work now, obviously, because the the years don't match up. But it was a uh, every issue of the of the of the comic was sort of Batman and Superman meeting up uh, to do like a yearly team up. And the whole premise of it was that the first time they met each other, because you know Superman disapproved of Batman's tactics, and Batman didn't trust Superman with all these powers, and because they were so at odds with each other, they were kind of they were both trying to protect one person who had a hit out on him, and because they were so at odds with each other, that person ends up dying. 
And so they team up to sort of make amends for the fact that they basically blamed themselves and said, we cost that man his life because we're so busy bickering with each other and trying to one up each other over here and trying to make sure the other guy doesn't help that somebody died because we were basically being punks. And that's the sort of the catalyst that brings them together. And that's, I think, one of my favorite team ups of them because it, it really, it brings them together in a way that, that cements them over something like their desire to save lives, their desire to actually try to make the world around them better is what drew them together, which is how they get by their differences. In this movie, they get past their differences because their moms both have the same first name. Oh, man. <laughs> so, since we, since we brought up that scene. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. I feel like, because they cut out about half an hour at least from this film, mm-hmm. which is going to be in the director's cut eventually, yep. like a three-hour-long mm-hmm. director's cut. I feel like at some point, Warner Brothers, who is the greatest enemy to this film... <laughs> Batman I and Superman's like, greatest villain, yes, yes, it's the Warner Brothers It is not Doomsday, it's not Lex Luthor, it is Warner Brothers. They wanted to plug Justice League, and at some point, I like maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, I feel like Zack Snyder at one point had a scene where Clark Kent... Because he hears Alfred's voice talking to Bruce Wayne, because he has super hearing, mm-hmm. investigates Bruce Wayne, figures out Bruce Wayne is Batman. You know, so he he learns about the death of Batman's parents, and he uses that as a, like a psychological weapon near the end when Batman's about to kill him. Like he finds, oh hey, his, his mom's name is Martha. That's, that's my mom's name. Oh yeah, I it's it's still I silly though. I, it's still it's still kind of silly, but yeah. I feel like that. It, that at least that makes more happened. sense than, like, they're going to kill Martha. And he's like, yeah. how do you know that name? You know well, Martha? I know Martha. Martha Let's work together friends. and save Martha. Why wouldn't he just say he's going to kill my mother? Yeah, it was very yeah, odd. That, that scene just felt so forced. It's yeah. like, okay, we have to have him team up now. What can we do? Yeah, I feel like the justification for why he said Martha and not his mother was, I feel like that's the only explanation that makes sense. I think you're trying to give Zack Snyder too much credit. <laughs> too much credit. Uh, it, that could very well be. That could very well be. But it's it's the only way I can make that scene make sense. Mm-hmm. If the... I, <laughs> I'm having a hard time here. And you know what? We've probably all heard this from at some point on the internet um, of just like people being like, well, why didn't he just say it in the beginning? Like, hey, they're holding my mother and Lex Luthor tried to kill Lois and... And, and he's got my mother captive and I have an hour to kill you. So <laughs> I don't want to kill you. So, yeah. um, can you help me save my mom? Yeah. Well, he was all about not killing him until he got hit with like the sonic blast. And then he sort of went into like, all right, well, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to rough you up a little bit. Yeah. Like he just, he well, just totally like, changes his he, tune and just he, stops he trying to reason with him. At the very start of that fight, like he, he tries and then, then Batman hits him with a sonic thing and then Two shoots sentences. him with a bunch of guns. Yeah, and, and then, then he just decides, like, you know what? I'm done talking. Now I'm going to knock you around sentences. and feed into your fear a little bit. <laughs> it, it was. I do like how what ended up with that fight is that they did prove Judge Greg right in that it would last 20 seconds if Superman wasn't paying attention, if he wasn't holding back. Because Batman basically tells him, bring it on, and then he gets knocked two buildings over, and he's like, ooh, maybe <laughs> yeah. I didn't think this one through. Yeah, yeah it was, it was really exactly as Batman planned. I don't know. No, I, I, they, I did not get the impression that it was going exactly totally as planned. planned. So here's here's the thing. Well, let's just talk about the fight now. It's We were going to get to it. Now is as good a time as any. We have to talk about the fight. If you're Batman and you firmly believe, all right, I need to kill Superman here at this spot, on this roof, on this very night, I am now going to do it. 
and you have your you you got the kryptonite, which was uh, a nifty little way they introduced it, but we're not going to get into that. He has the kryptonite, and he's used it to make like a kryptonite spear, and he's got like kryptonite gas. Why wouldn't you just, in case, knowing that it was going to be harmful, like, I kind of wanted him to have, like, a kryptonite claw or something, like a like a RoboCop USB claw coming out of his gauntlet, or maybe, uh, I mean, it's just some form of the kryptonite on him, because, like, so much of his plan was just so focused on him trying to get the kryptonite to Superman, whereas if Superman had just decided, you know what, yeah, I'm just going to go get this guy's head, he could have just gone, got Batman's head, and flown back. It would have taken him two or three minutes. Yeah. Before we saw the movie, I honestly thought he was going to have his suit be powered by the kryptonite. Kind of, oh. kind of like a makeshift metallo. I thing had, going I, on. I thought that too. I actually, they, they did an interview at some point and, and a Ben Affleck just said like, no, there's no kryptonite in the suit. It's just to protect him. I'm like, well, that's, that's not right. The truth <laughs> is he is Iron Man. Yeah. Now, you know what though? Here's the, and so the scene where he finally gets the kryptonite to him, it's such, when he, he pulls out the little smoke canister and he does it in such a, a slow, overly deliberate way. I'm thinking like, if Superman wasn't so busy trying to not kill you, he would have killed you while you were trying to pull the smoke canister out. I didn't see any sort of urgency about Batman's movements and it didn't occur to me like, this is a Batman who realized I need to kill this alien now. Like, the spear was too far away. I, I mean, the spear was kind of contrived to begin with. I would have maybe gone with a knife or a sword or a yeah, that seems anything. just a little over the top to me. It was it, it was a little drawn out, and it, it just it didn't occur to me. It didn't feel to me like this was Batman trying his hardest to kill Superman. It felt like Batman kind of planned it out in such a way that he thought like, all right, so what will be the most compelling way to watch this if a third party was to happen upon us fighting each other? Part of that was an extra prop from three hundred. That yeah. is because Batman, like he, he's never been the most stable guy, like ever. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, like because he's not the most stable guy, like he, there's that one scene where he's talking to Alfred, like right before he suits up. He's right. like talking about like how the Waynes made their fortunes or whatever. And he's talking about how like the first generation like hunted pelts, so he's going to become oh, a hunters. hunter. And yeah. like, I think that framed his mindset. Like, oh, I'm going to hunt things. Like, really hunt him with a spear. I mean, listen, the, the spear was silly, but it was not the least silly thing that we saw happen in that fight scene. <laughs> no, I think that's got to be where his things start to wear off, and suddenly you just hear dings when he's punching him in the head. Yeah, like, and that was, and then he's like, he just keeps punching him, and it, it, Batman, what? so what was your plan? Did, you don't have a, any, bat, like, you know the stuff is going to hurt him, so you made the gas. I get it. Good job with the gas. That was a good call. Um, You maybe should have had some better plan plan of how you were going to react once you got the gas in other than follow through yeah it just it did yeah. not was not a very good plan it was basically like batman's plan was basically set about with the entire thought in his process where if somebody were to be watching this as a third party what would be the most entertaining way to keep it going back and forth and he also wasn't thinking like he also didn't have like the the test quote unquote data um as to how long that gas would last That's or true. how like, long that gas would affect him too. Like the only way he could have possibly tested it was to fight Superman. And then like he tries to kick him and then he stops the kick and it's like, oh, errors have been made. So like, now I kind of know like how long it'll take to wear off. That's a, a pretty big monster boy hanging out there if the gas doesn't work. Because in reality, he has no idea what exactly it's going to be. He thinks he knows. Yeah. But at this point, the kryptonite's never been used on 
Superman, so he doesn't know it's going to work. I mean, all he really knows, all they've really been able to study on Zod, is that he knows a blade made of the stuff would cut him. Which doesn't make sense to me why that way that blade would be like three buildings over, and hopefully he'll get thrown close to it at some point. <laughs> well, it was, it was all in the same building, actually. Was it really the same yes, building? Because he got pushed all over the place. But it, it, it was a big building. Like, we, we see, like, Superman, like, takes him down. Well, no, Batman takes him down through the roof of mm-hmm. that same building, where the bat signal is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just, the, the fight, given that, you know, I mean, the fight was basically the billing of the movie. And we, I just, I don't think the fight really, it didn't occur to me like Superman was really trying to reason with Batman and Batman wasn't really trying to kill Superman. So both of them were just kind of filling in the motions. Yeah, like once, once Batman hit him with the kryptonite gas, Superman kind of stopped trying to reason with him. Right. I mean, I mean, he didn't try hard enough in the first place. I mean, he, he basically tried to punch him in the face as hard as he could, quite frankly. You know, like, it was, he hits him with the gas. He's like, oh, okay, now I'm just going to punch you. <laughs> it was, I, I, I think it was weak. And I think given that the fight was supposed to be like the big central point of the movie, the, the turning point of these two characters, I thought it was very poorly planned. I mean, in The Dark Knight Returns basically feeds this movie's Batman v Superman moments. In that time, Batman hits Superman back to back to back to back with stuff in such a way to basically make sure he does not have a chance to regroup. Yeah. I mean, it was done specifically so, like, he cannot – if he has a chance to get his his stuff together, he'll, he'll destroy me. So I have to just keep hitting him hard and fast, and I can't stop. And Batman did not quite have that plan here. He hit him very slow and methodically and deliberately in a way that Superman really uh, wouldn't have had any real issue stopping if it wasn't for the fact that the script said so. Well, even in The Dark Knight Returns, Superman wasn't trying to get him. Right. And, and, he, and even, I understand even that. Even in the comic, he was trying yeah. to talk him down, and Batman just wasn't having any of it. And it was like hitting him with kryptonite arrows and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, again, he was hitting him. Like, he never gave him a chance to recover. Not like in this movie where Superman had a chance to recover and, and even basically almost tried to kill Batman at one point. Like, if Batman wasn't wearing that armor, he would have died in that second assault from Superman. Yeah. Just shows well, how powerful Superman is. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I mean, I, I get it. It was, it, it had some fun parts to watch. I'm saying in terms of story, the way that was being played out didn't make much sense. Honestly, like, I'm glad they didn't go with, uh, like, oh, they, they kind of tied and, you know, his fight was yeah, kind I'm of unresolved. I'm at least glad that they no. actually came out with a winner because yeah. I think that took some, because I was afraid they were going to do, like, you know, crazy stalemate and then, then yeah. they could have, like, Rocky freeze frame ending at the end when we never <laughs> found out who would really win. Dang, Until several dang. movies later. Yeah. So, I mean, at least they finally said, like, hey, listen, Batman had a plan to take him out. But Batman is basically next to worthless against Doomsday. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like, he's swinging out of the way and shit. Uh, yeah, excuse we, me, I'm sorry. Like we say this, but Batman would be pretty worthless against Doomsday. That's that's, that's fact. No, yeah, yeah. Th- he should not have been useful. If Batman had been somehow keeping up against Doomsday, I I probably would have just checked out and been like, all right, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I don't no, think Wonder Woman did better than either of them. I do. I now. I mean, that was a huge. When Wonder Woman finally shows up, like, and this is, I'm going to talk about the music now, which is kind of weird. But one of the things I pay attention to because I host this hero talk show where I talk about movies a lot is sometimes the music behind the scenes and the Superman theme. I was able to pick out several times. Uh, I didn't recognize any real Batman theme, and I guess I didn't realize that Batman didn't have a very recognizable theme. Until Wonder Woman shows up, and her theme is so like, oh, yes, that's definitely what a Wonder Woman theme song would sound like. 
I did not notice that. Yeah, it's a, every time you hear like a, a, a guitar riff, that's Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was it was done really well. I almost think I heard like some sort of choir-ish music in the back with it, and it was uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. It was it was very powerful. When she shows up, she made an impact, and I actually there were points where I was like, I I kind of want to see her fight Doomsday more because she was being pretty cool and yeah, it definitely made me want to see the Wonder Woman movie coming out. Yeah, it it's what really cemented to me that like she should have been in this movie more. I'm more entertained by this than I was that entire previous fight I just watched. Did uh did you guys when you guys went to see it were there a lot of in my theater we saw it in IMAX and everyone was like cheering and roaring when Wonder Woman finally showed up Oh I I didn't have any of that No I didn't get any of that either Yeah I did it in my theater it was pretty loud when she showed up Yeah it was no. just like oh my god Wonder Woman Yeah she uh, was yeah. pretty badass and I mean she she was in the in the in the last scene of the movie of a Batman v Superman movie where they have the titles <laughs> they basically got completely upstaged by Wonder Woman who had previously had two scenes in the movie three if you count checking her email as a scene <laughs> I <laughs> you know, like she did not have a lot to do in the movie, and then she shows up and upstages both of them. And I think it really just shows, like, huh? Maybe, maybe you should have given her a little bit, a little bit more development in this movie. Maybe I would have liked it more. Did anyone else think it was odd that Lex had just unlimited access to the Kryptonian ship and Zod's body? Well, he made that really weird, ambiguous arrangement with that guy. We don't know who he was. Well, I mean, like the film does kind of portray that Lex is in bed with the U.S. government at that point. He gave the man a Jolly Rancher. Well, no, I mean before that, like the whole the whole. Well, I'm like, just saying it was Lois. just so weird. He gave oh. him a Jolly Rancher, and in exchange, he got access to Zod's body and the ship. Speaking of Lex Luthor, he obviously knew who Batman was. We get no explanation for that. Didn't it seem like sort of everybody knew who Batman was in this? Well, you know Not how really? you know how Superman finds out. It's because he yeah. he hear the he hears, he hears Alfred and he figures only Batman would have a voice in his ear. But <laughs> I think Lex Luthor he's been monitoring metahumans for a while, and like he's been manipulating and pulling the strings between Batman and Superman. Um, although weirdly, um, <laughs> so within that, I mean, and it's really easy to figure out who Superman is. I mean, he's living with Lois Lane, and Superman shows up to rescue her all the time, and then kisses her and he somewhat looks like Clark Kent and Clark Kent looks someone like Superman. I mean, it's really not that hard to put it together if mm -hmm. you're you don't even have to be a genius like Lex Luthor, but um with Batman, I mean, he, I guess he put the puzzle pieces together somehow. I I don't know. Yeah. 20 years of Batman crime fighting to call on, you know. Batman's been there for 20 years. It, plenty right. of time to get a yeah. pattern. Yeah, I, it's it's not the biggest stumbling block that this movie had by far. So. Yeah. Uh, right. So we need to, there's this line in this movie that I really, really disliked. And we talked about it a little in the pre-show before we started recording. So Wonder Woman rolls in and Superman looks like, is she with you? And Batman says, I thought she was with you. And he's like, Batman, you just sent her like an email. Like you, you've been talking to her this whole time. You know who she is. You've seen her in the suit. Why are you pretending you don't know her? Like, why, why are you suddenly too cool for school? That bothered me. Now, I know, Axelon, you have a different theory of that line. Okay, so, so as, as Vernon helped me come up with the term for it, um, B Batman is metaist against people with, with superpowers. He hates them. So it's like, it's like racism, yeah. but against superpowered people. Yeah. All you people like, punch alike. Yeah. Yeah. All you <laughs> superpowered people, get off my lawn. <sighs> <laughs> So, yeah, he's going to play like he doesn't know her, which I think that was more for like a joke than it was 
for anything else. I think the writers just forgot that. <laughs> I think they didn't write it in the in the order that we saw it in the movie, so they kind of just threw that in there. That, that'll be funny. That's a trailer joke line. Well, that whole email scene, I think, is again the fault of Warner Brothers with the, yeah. with the whole Justice League footage. Just shoe in the Justice League, yeah. So I think that that scene was was forced in there by WB to promote Justice League mm-hmm. because, like, there aside from like viral marketing or the end credits that that scene has no place it disrupts the entire movie no matter where it is yeah. well there was a couple of scenes like that now in addition to that like almost any scene where they were trying to push the justice league felt really out of place like yeah. the yeah, the, the batman dream sequence that was a little odd the I flash coming out of a portal <laughs> and telling him uh, that, I get what that he was referencing he was like, right all flash. along and lois is the key <sighs> like that, that, that's, yeah. that's a reference to another comics, another comic book. But it just was out of place in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like I said, anything with the Justice League, Warner Brothers, just stop. You're pulling an Iron Man 2. Stop it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you could have you have these great Superman movie elements and you have these great Batman super uh, Batman movie elements. Um, and just it would take a great writer and a great director to put it all together. Visually, it was great. But um, especially when you're talking about the Justice League stuff. But I have a theory about the Flash thing that I I'll, I'll just throw it out there and see and see, you know, what you guys think. So that sequence wasn't necessarily a dream i think that was bleeding memories from the dimension that flashes from or the 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 other earth that flashes from i think that was a a bleed through uh based on the you know the whole flashpoint comic that uh that came out a while ago um for when you know you kind of like remember uh you know things from two different earths but you know that the other the other set of memories are from a different earth except Bruce Wayne doesn't really know what he's seeing. So, of course, he thinks it's a dream. Um, so in that world, for whatever reason, he's responsible for Lois Lane's death. And that's what Superman blames him for. And because Lois Lane dies, Superman goes off the hinges, works with Darkseid or is brainwashed or something like that. And that's what we're seeing is the memories from another Batman uh, being betrayed and caught by Superman, who is either evil or under mind control. And the Flash, who's like, he said he says it in his message. It's too soon. Is it too soon? It's too soon. Um, Because the Justice League hasn't formed yet. Batman and Superman haven't started working together yet. And this might even not be this might not even be the right Earth that he's trying to get to. So. I think the reason that he didn't come through fully is that he's just delivering a message. There's a ton of other Earths that he's going to to try to deliver the right message to make his world not happen, to disrupt the timeline or whatever, to avoid this from happening so that they'll all work together because something worse is on the horizon. You have put more thought into this than yeah. anyone else has, <laughs> including the writers and the director. That, yes, that that was it. Was I I, I like it? I do, but I, I, but I don't think they put near that much thought into it. On that note, I would love to see like just a straight up injustice movie. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. Because yes. that, that's like the kind of what they, it was hinting at. That yeah, I did like the way they completely paralleled. They completely paralleled the scene between him and Joker in the scene between him and Batman. Yeah. When he tells him that it's just all your, and then he like literally rips his spine out. It's like, yeah, that's okay, what he does with wow. the joke. Injustice. He just rips his heart out, basically. Yeah. Okay. Hey, actually, you know, I, I need to formulate my thoughts. Keep continue. <laughs> all right. Well, with that okay. a wonderful transition. So Victor Stone, uh, who was cyborg, uh, and he was basically built with a mother box. 
So yeah, that's his new Fifty Two origin. Yeah, effort. that's what I that's what I hear. So I I've not it read is. a ton of new Fifty Two stuff. So like a lot of it is kind of brand new to me. But uh, yeah, that was a mother here. box. Yep. Yeah, and he interfaces with with uh, apocalypse technology. But aren't those like nanites in the comic book? I I don't know. It, oh, I've I, I haven't I've, re- I haven't read any of the new cyborg stuff. All I know is that. When they made New 52, Cyborg got a call back to the big leagues, so... Gotcha. But, yeah, so, like, I mean, even then, with... <laughs> going back to all of this Easter egg stuff, where you see Vic Stone and Aquaman, who... Can they do a better job at getting him to not look like he's holding his breath underwater? Yeah. It, well, that that was kind of a really awkward scene with Aquaman, where he basically just shows up and like, I'm just going to sit here and look at your camera for a while, make sure you all, everybody gets a good look at me. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. All right, I guess I should probably take this camera out now. Like, but he, he yeah. stops there, and it's awkward. Like, why? Why is he just looking at the camera? <laughs> there could have been like so many better ways to do Aquaman than yeah. him looking at a camera underwater. Mm-hmm. Which I know sounds weird because he's Aquaman, and that you figure he's <laughs> associated with water. But it's like I don't Wait, know. He, have he him should, like he was looking at it like the first time he'd ever seen a camera. You know, like <laughs> what is this thing? What is it? What is that? Huh? huh. You know, there's I'm gonna a. Kill uh, it. I was talking to a friend, and here's me overthinking again, but there was a perfectly great uh, cameo that they could have done in terms of Aquaman, and it's when Lois Lane is drowning. Um, that was the dumbest thing ever to, to to have only Superman hear it in all this commotion uh, of her, like, banging on concrete or whatever. That would have been a perfect time for Aquaman to show up and be like, I'm Aquaman, you're drowning, I'm going to save you. Well, I, she wasn't in the ocean, she was just in a building with water flooding it. Yeah, well, It still would have been a great Aquaman intro. It was her own fault for throwing the spear in there without really consulting anybody. <laughs> Way to go, Lois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when she went to go get it in the building, Phil, I swear I was sitting there going, you had one job. <laughs> Like what? What if like like Batman had gotten there early and was like, "Oh my God, where's my spear?" And Doomsday comes like charging in, yeah, and starts just killing everything. He's there to get the spear. He doesn't know that Lois has since made that an impossible dream right yeah. now. Like he's like, "You did what?" With my last breath, I curse <laughs> Lois Lane. <laughs> like all I got is a stupid gas grenade now against that thing. Good job, Lois. So I think a better way to introduce Aquaman would have been in the Indian Ocean when they're retrieving the kryptonite, uh, the giant alien wreckage. Well, King of the Seven Seas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, that. I like that better. If, if to be perfectly honest, I think the better way to introduce Aquaman would be with a movie titled Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> and we're being, if we're being completely fair here... Trying to jam pack everybody into this movie instead of giving them their own unique movies. I like. I know we don't want to copy Marvel, but Marvel sort of did it right. Well, if they just had a Superman Batman movie throwdown that kind of put them against each other and not had Wonder Woman, do you guys think that would have worked better? Uh, yeah, yeah. I really, yeah. I really think I, it, it, I do. Except, yeah, I think if it hadn't didn't have as many tie-ins as it did. Yeah. It would have fared better. Like we said in the beginning, it's not a bad movie, but I think it would have been better. The problem is, is that Wonder Woman was such a high point of this movie. I'm, I'm very hesitant to say take her out. Well, that's the thing. You have Batman and Superman. You don't need anyone else. Well, I feel like the Wonder Woman thing would have been a much better if we hadn't seen it coming. If they had kept it out of the advertisement and that kind of thing, it would have been a really nice surprise. Yeah, yeah, never would have. Seen I don't it. think they. I don't think that would have worked. They wouldn't have been able to keep that a secret. I mean, they they, keep they a secret. There's no way. Exactly. Like they no. they wouldn't have just. They want people to fill the seat, so they're going to throw as much at us as possible to get us into the theater. 
but it's Superman and Batman. Like you don't need them. I get, I get tr- Wonder Woman, you know, Holy Trinity, DC, but you don't need her. <laughs> yeah, no. Th- if this movie was done correctly, I'm, th- that's so pretentious. Like, uh, almost sounds like I think I could have done a better job, and I almost believe I could have. But if this movie was done correctly, you wouldn't need additional people to round out the cast and make it seem more full. Uh, now that being said, Wonder Woman was one of my favorite parts of the movie, so I, I'm very hard pressed to say I'd rather she not be in it but i guess if you if you look at it in terms of what could have been she would not have been needed and then she could have just had her own proper movie to introduce her hmm. yeah you, you make i good. think yeah. i think though they were they were kind of testing the waters with wonder woman to see how people reacted to her in this movie before like okay yeah yeah well we, we can give wonder woman her own movie yeah it's a little weird that after with i've this is now what the fourth batman i've seen in terms of reboots right and and like <laughs> But like Wonder Woman can't get her own like can't get her own anything since the 1970s when when I got to see Linda Carter. Well, I think DC's and to an extent Marvel, but DC's problem is that some of their superheroes like they haven't really modernized for decades, and they're they're stumbling around trying to figure out how best to present them in a modern day context. Uh, obviously, comic book fans are comic book fans. You know, they'll see it. You know, whenever. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, yeah, but they're they're gonna try to like modernize it, give it like a modern flavor, if you will, to, to kind of like give us a sense of how this would work in our world as it yeah. is today. Like right? for instance, like when the first like X Men movie came out, they didn't do like the 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 rainbow spandex. Of, of colors that the X-Men have, you know, on each of their costumes. It was just black leather, mm-hmm. you know? Well, the funny thing is, nowadays, people probably would accept the spandex. They, they would, yeah. I, yeah. I listened to the to the, the Deadpool hero talk. Yeah, it's... I think it, it is time. I think they could pull it off. Mm-hmm. But, like, for instance, like, the, the classic, like, Magneto look. Like, I, I love Magneto. He's one of my favorite Marvel villains of all time, but mm-hmm. they they will never do, the like, the the whole purple underwear with the red tights. <laughs> oh, no. It's <laughs> no. never going to How would you take him seriously? Yeah. Well, they, they've gotten pretty close, though. I mean, as close as I think we're going to see. And it, yeah, yeah, Days of Future Past was the closest we're going to get to that look, but we're never going to go full... We're never going to go full comic book. You never go full comic book. No, he's not, he's not going to get the, the giant purple collar. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, with, in terms of colorful, I mean, Marvel's doing it like with their, with the, this, the heroes have their own very colorful costumes and it works. Like they make it work in our, in our, uh, in our world. I mean, even, even the, the costume that Captain America was wearing in the very first Avengers movie. As silly as that was, like, I hated that costume, and yeah. I hated it too. But as silly as that was, like you know, it's it's one of the things. It's one of the the, the criticisms that you never heard about that movie is that oh he looked too cartoony. No, they were they, people were loving it. People were eating it up, and it had nothing to do nothing that was wrong with the movie. I heard more about Bruce Banner stealing a motorcycle than I heard about Captain America's costume or anybody else's really? for that matter. Really? Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I think I heard plenty. I heard but, the, the, yeah. he was in pajamas complained a lot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I'm with Axelon on this one. I heard that okay. a lot. Hmm. Well, the point is, is that the colorful costumes can work. And I agree with you guys that I think yeah. that, you know, it's time to kind of see if you can if you can bring it in. Because Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, even in this movie with uh, Superman being red and blue and a little bit of yellow in his in his uh, insignia, it, it's still really dark. 
It was dark. However, I will say, like, in terms of costumes, I have nothing against how any of the costumes were portrayed in this movie uh, by anybody. I mean, including Wonder Woman, including our really brief glimpse at Aquaman, uh, including the brief glimpse we saw of The Flash. I mean, even even for Batman, like, this is the first time since Adam West where Batman has worn, like, a dark gray suit again. He's yeah, worn black yeah. and all the other ones. Yeah, he has. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just worn straight black and it's everything more, else. like, traditional comic Batman where he has gray yeah. on. I mean, if oh. you want to go to Batman and Robin, he, he did have the ice uniform. That now, speaking we, of movies that don't exist, sir. That no, <laughs> there's a hero talk on it. It exists. We can't. We well, can't. damn. Although, as long as we're talking about Batman suits, uh, how awesome was the armored Batman suit, though? Like, that was pretty sweet well, that looking. That was so cool. I know it was absolutely next to worthless in his fight against Superman, but it was so awesome. Oh, sure, yeah. but it still was cool. <laughs> I liked, I mean, like, plus, like, going back to, to Alfred, like, there, there's a scene where, like, because Batman's doing a bunch of detective work, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he wasn't just punching things. Should have done more, in my opinion. Yeah, but so, like, he, he figures out, like, what the white Portuguese is, like, it's a ship. And so, like, he's talking with Alfred about it, and Alfred's like, you've, you've never, you, you are a master deceiver, but you've never been able to lie to me and get away with it. So they, they, they talk about, like, the whole, like, kryptonite thing and you know, whatever. But it's like, when Alfred was, because Alfred does basically build the suit, like, we see him yep. working on it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you, you, I, I think he knew somewhere, it's like, why is he suddenly getting me to build a suit that gives him somewhat decent super strength? You know? Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. never needed it before. Why, why suddenly after Superman comes down from the sky, suddenly I'm building a super suit for Batman? Well, I mean, he knew his, his little speech at the beginning of the movie yeah. serves just as much. I mean, cause I got the that's, impression that's, like, that's th- saying, like, I think he, he knew. He's like, yeah, I know what this is for. He knew why Batman suddenly started branding people. Cause they made it very clear that was a new practice. Yes. Uh, which I loved and was awesome. Although the, I, I, they noticed they made it perfectly clear that the people he branded, they made sure that these were people who did crime so heinous we wouldn't feel bad if they died. Um, I really wanted him to brand Luthor. Like, I get you have to show some arc of the character, so he has to show, like, you know what? No, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not branding anymore. But I would still kind of wanted him to brand Luthor. So on the subject of that scene, mm-hmm. I feel like, again, this is, this is Warner Brothers editing mm-hmm. uh, at work, but... So the like this this movie had like Return of the King syndrome. Yeah, where it, it kept ending. <laughs> yes. In I fact, it was like... it was really poorly edited because yes. you, they show Lois picking up a handful of dirt, and then and then Batman's talking to Lex Luthor in the prison, and yeah. then Batman is back there watching her drop the dirt. I'm like, so has she been holding that dirt for like the last eight hours? Yes. Yeah, she I has. feel like the scene with Luthor really should have been an after credit scene, to be honest, because it does feel like it's more leading into the next story than anything else. I think probably mm. it should have been an after credit scene, and instead of Batman visiting him, I yeah. think Brian Cranston should have visited him. Oh, I think if they were going to do like the Batman refuses to brand him at the very end, what they should have done was so so Doomsday uh, dies, Superman dies. I can't believe we haven't talked about that yet, but Superman dies. And <laughs> oh yeah, of, I guess we we need to. Well, talk he's ta- he's taking a nap. Yes, he's taking. He's he's, he's a super nap. <laughs> yeah. So, but they so, they didn't even let you leave the movie theater wondering if he was going to live. I mean, they show you. Yeah, that, that was yeah. such a that yeah, was such straight a up taking a nap. Out. Yeah. That so was he's such napping. A cop out. So, so I'm sorry, what, Axelon, I cut you off. What, what Axelon would have done <laughs> would have <laughs> been. It's like a um, new segment for Hero Talk. What would Axelon have done? Yeah. What I what I would have done was in, like right then and there, like have have like so Superman's dead. Have Wonder Woman or Lois like turn to like talk to him about something, and Batman's pulled up one of his you know ninja disappearing acts. 
Then we cut to Luthor. He's trying to escape because Superman's dead, Doomsday's dead. Batman like catches him, is about to brand him, and then like because instead of doing that that sloppy editing where it's like th- three different scenes all at different times and places, like br- almost brand him there, refuse, turn him into the police there. Then you cut to like Superman's funeral with with and have Lois only hold the dirt for like five seconds instead of. Eight hours. Yeah. And then that's when you go into the whole, oh, I, we should, we should get the Justice League together. You know, I, I understand what kind of man Superman was now. Blah, 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 blah. And then have Batman disappear. Does anyone else seem weird when you're watching that scene? You see Batman is just struggling to carry him. It's like Wonder Woman's right there. (laughs) (laughs) You could, you could carry him out of the hole here. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he, he does hand him to her. Yeah. The thing. I, as much, I don't like to pick on Wonder Woman's costume because people love it, and and I feel like grossly underqualified. But it it really does kind of stand out when you know she's got the bare legs and the bare shoulders and the bare arms, and Batman is covered head to toe, and Superman's basically from his neck down to his feet completely covered. It it, it does sort of make her stand out a little bit. Well, see, yeah, that's what I was going with like earlier. Like some superheroes, like they just haven't been developed. Mm-hmm. As much as Batman, you know. Well, yeah, uh, and that and that's the that's the the thing that um that bothers me too is that around the time that I was that I was talking about that there was a new in the new fifty two comic line they came out with a new armor for Wonder Woman she's covered head to toe and she even has these arm blades and I'm like what the hell but it totally works and I just. Uh, I don't, well, I don't know. First off, like, we had people complaining Superman didn't have red underwear. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know, I have been waiting years for them to get rid of the underwear yes, thing. I am too. all for it. The costume looks amazing, oh, and yeah. I'm not going to critique it. So I'm just saying, I'm just letting you know where I stand. I think the Man of Steel costume is great, and I wouldn't have changed a thing. Yeah, so, like, going with that, like, people were mad about Superman not having red underwear. They were mad that Batman was anywhere near a gun. Like, if they had changed Wonder Woman's iconic costume, like, too radically, like, riots. Cats and dogs living together, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, I've, I've said, I'm on record, I think Wonder Woman should just be wearing Xena's costume with colors. But <laughs> I've I, been okay with something like Sif. Like what, what Sif wears. Well, I love what Lady Sif wears because yeah. she looks hardcore. I mean, honestly, like she go go tell her that it doesn't work. Go tell her she's second banana to Thor. She's I love Sif's costume and and given that basically when I see Jamie Alexander, I see Wonder Woman. I really would have liked to have seen something more like like that. Mm. And I, I wish in the comics they'd go in that direction. But anytime they do, they get so much backlash. They go back to her, you know, 1940s fetish wear costume. And it's the fact that it's 1940s <laughs> fetish wear is probably why she should not be wearing it. I think we're approaching one of those subjects we don't touch on here on Hero Talk. Okay, so we're gonna back off of that, but that's that's uh, just my no, personal no, no thing. No fetish wear. No, okay. I'm just I'm just saying the 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 suit needs to serve the character, and I don't think in Wonder Woman's case the suit really serves the character. But what we saw Gal Gadot wear is as close as we've seen it come in live action. Okay, so all right, so I'll I'll uh, I'll put that to bed then. I'll I'll let that rest. Mm-hmm. However. There is a Robin costume in the Batcave. Yes. You guys mentioned it before that Superman and Batman are covered head to toe. Robin, on the other hand, we're bringing this into real world. We're talking about how this all can work. But Robin, on the other hand, is just in in the, 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 the shorts 
and not having any arm coverings, just the gloves. Are you sure? I feel like he had arm cover. I feel like he had sleeves at least. Yeah, he had the short sleeves and then the gloves and then the boots, but no leg covering. His arms are, are, are a little bit exposed. It's like... How is this supposed to fit in our world, then? I, I've just pulled up the costume, and I... Yeah, he has his arms are covered down to the bicep, and then they're exposed, and there are definitely shorts on this costume. Okay. I, I just... Like, there's... Okay, I get that Wonder Woman, like, you know, people would riot, but no one rioted about that? That No wonder he got killed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're tra- also trying to, like... In, because Batman has been around for 20 years in this film... Like, they're trying to show, like, Batman does have history. Like, he alludes to Catwoman. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. I, I don't like that Robin suit either, quite frankly. Having looked at it, I'm like, no, that's, that's ridiculously dumb looking. I think the Robin looked best the way he did in the 90s when they had, like, the green, like, covering his arms all the way, covering his legs all the way. Um, where there was, like, only yellow on the inside of the cape, black on the outside. I think that was the best evolution of that character and the costume that served the character the best. Cause the shorts and the pixie boots, and even, like, the, in the way the, the costume is in the Batman v Superman, where it's, I mean, they're, they're almost like bike shorts and then regular superhero boots. It's ridiculous because why would you wear that if you were going out and taking gunfire? Anyone. Batman's bullseye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least Wonder Woman, she, she sort of is like, well, I'm sort of invulnerable, so. I forget which writer, which Batman writer said it, but, um, one of them was like, uh, basically why in the, traditional like comics batman didn't wear armor like why he just wore like basically spandex mm-hmm. it was because like batman does, doesn't need armor because he he always dodges like he's always like sneaking around he's not like <laughs> brute force brah i'm batman like he's he's more like a ninja like acrobatic and stuff and like obviously nowadays that, that will not work right but like, you need batman to have armor which by the way his armor is awesome like yes as armor yes yes it is in his, yeah. in his, uh film yep but um I guess that's Robin's defense. He's he's acrobatic because no, I don't I don't know. Yeah, he does it. He doesn't because need it's, it's Jason armor. Todd's armor. So I, was, I can't even make a, a Dick Grayson joke. So yep, it's it's definitely Jason Todd's armor. Although maybe I don't know. There are some fan theories out there. That's something that I'm going to argue about when we when we finally talk about it, but not right now. Yeah. yeah, going back to the Luthor scene, whenever he got caught and they were shaving his head, was anyone else expecting to see an Omega symbol when they did that? No. Because honestly, I, I fully expected him to be branded with the Omega symbol somewhere. No. On his head. It is kind of odd that he seems to be aware of Darkseid. Well, he does have all the knowledge of Krypton, so well, that's he, learned, true. he learned it from the Kryptonian well, now, one ship. Of the, the, all right, one you're of the right. You're right. Scenes... All right, fine. You're right. Okay? You're right. <laughs> yeah, one of the deleted scenes they showed was him on the ship talking to one of the generals of Apocalypse. So I'm assuming that's where he got wait, 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 information. Really? Wait, that's a deleted scene? It was like yeah. a week and a half ago, they released a deleted scene online of Lex Luthor and one of uh, Darkseid's generals called Steppenwolf. And... Like, I don't know if they were talking, but, like, he was there just as these, like, SWAT team uh, people come in. And it was, you know, it was allegedly it was the scene right after he releases Doomsday and he's being arrested that he was talking to the Steppenwolf. So I'm right. assuming that's maybe maybe even they're going to find out that it was Darkseid's people who told him how to make the Kryptonian abomination, I assume. Yeah, no, I see it. But we won't know until we see the full version in July. That's 
sort of Steppenwolf looking. Okay. Um. All right. That's weird. I had no idea that thing existed until just now. Uh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. So, I, anyway, I. But they they did plenty of dark side foreshadowing. I thought it was a little weird that they shaved his head when he went to prison. Like, I understand they'd cut his hair short, but like, why'd they take a bick to it? Right. <laughs> like, like the prison barbers. I kind of they they kind of seem to me like they'd be about the equivalent of like boot camp barbers, where it's like, nope, we're just gonna put the thing on one and shave it over. But like to bick his head, that had to take like some time. Somebody stopped and was like, all right, well, now we got to shave it properly. And like, no, that's... I'm thinking it's kind of like the Batman fight. They thought to themselves, what would work best if someone else was watching? Yeah. <laughs> they thought to themselves, like, no, wait a minute. This is Lex Luthor this here. This doesn't look like Lex Luthor We need yet. to shave his head. Like, it's, it's, that's honestly what the, the barber said. Like, this is Lex Luthor? No. Lex Luthor's bald. We got to fix this. Maybe maybe it was Batman's, like, petty revenge. Like, I, I will use my influence as Bruce Wayne to get the guards to completely get rid of his hair. That'll work. It's, it, it's been bothering him this whole time. Like, this, he's, this... Just, he's sitting there. He's like, it "Wasn't right." Lex Luthor's supposed to be bald. That's that's the best I can do. Sorry. That's tell me. Oh God, he's a he's Is a DC he troll. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> All right. Um. Holy cow, we've really been going this long. Is there anything else we want to talk about for Batman v Superman? We can keep going. Um, yeah, they didn't try to hide Superman was going to come back. I think they're, they're, they've yeah. already announced like a Man of Steel 2 at some point. I thought, well, yeah, which was kind of seemed like... I was very surprised to find out there was going to be a Man of Steel 2. And then especially after watching this, it seemed like, I feel like this was Man of Steel 2. And whatever we're about to see is some like Superman Lives movie, you know? Well, like... I, I actually never thought they would do the whole death of Superman on on film, simply because bringing him back is so ludicrous and ridiculous. Yeah, which apparently they're going to do anyway. So you know, shame on me. But at least when he when he quote unquote died, it wasn't just from like a really bad punch to the face. This is true. He actually got stabbed. <laughs> that people could feasibly believe that would kill him. Yeah, weakened by the kryptonite and weakened by the kryptonite, stabbed in the chest. Stabbed. That's the thing that could kill a person. Whereas when like when he and Doomsday just sort of punch each other at the same time and then they both die, you're like, which I'm amazed they did not actually remake that scene where they punch each other and like all the glass shatters and. I I am also amazed given the their propensity to remake things almost shot for shot. I mean they yeah they they remade the Dark Knight Returns cover like for a brief second mm-hmm. and, you know it's like I'm amazed yep. they didn't actually do that scene. Yeah. You mentioned that before where. So, yeah, so Doomsday is chasing Batman. Yeah. And, like, he's, like, grappled onto a building, and Doomsday shoots laser eyes at him. Oh. And right before, like, right when, before Batman dodges, like, there's a little, like, lightning flash behind him, and boom, you know, Dark Knight Returns cover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it really was blink, and you'll miss it then. Yeah. Batman was really outclassed by Doomsday. Like, he's basically just shooting around and going, like, hey, Wonder Woman, could you, uh, could you maybe help me? <laughs> help I'm going please? to die soon. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, Doomsday almost did kill him, and then Wonder Woman saves him. Yeah. I mean, it, I Wonder was, Woman, you're the tank here, all right? <laughs> I no, I like the Wonder Woman scene. I like when she shows up. Um, I even like that she used her gauntlets as impractical as that would be against what the attack was. Uh, however, I, what I find it very hard to believe is that Batman has not built some contingency escape something out of the the Bat plane in case something like that ever happened. Like, it was really like, I got to get the buckle. Oh, it's jammed. Like this, uh, Batman's supposed to be the man of <laughs> contingency plans. Well, I. I mean, like, it was the same thing in the Michael Keaton film when Joker somehow shoots down the bat plane. <laughs> and, like, he straight up just crashes and, like, yeah. didn't have an eject button, Batman. Those were yeah. powerful bullets. You don't understand. <laughs> That's the same scene where Batman used every targeting computer he had and missed every shot against but the <laughs> he was prepared for an onslaught of Joker balloons because he had bat scissors in his bat plane. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, again, like the fact that he got stuck in the bat plane did not, in the slightest bit, phase me because, yeah, like, uh, so like, it's not the silliest thing I've seen in these last two hours. So, well, I guess we we need to talk about the obligatory Batmobile scene. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about that. I thought that was a really fun scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fa- I love I love to love a good chase scene, and that was definitely a good it, chase. It scene. was a good chase, and I like how it ended. Like it ended in a way where with Superman saying like the bat's dead. Like it, it was a way that really would have set up why are these guys against each other, and how would Batman not have been able to just get the kryptonite at the end of this? So I even like how it ended. I don't mind Batman and Superman being against each other. I just mind how this movie did it. Well, how I mean, it kind I, of threw them together. Yeah, like I I kind of liked. I can, I'm going to kind of reference like the, those dream sequences, mm-hmm. like showing like how at first like Batman like he found purpose in life by becoming Batman. That's like that weird like scene where the bats are like flying him up in the dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. almost forgot about that. But yeah, did anyone else laugh out loud at that? I, I would have laughed <laughs> if that had not been a dream. Yeah, but it was. So I was like, okay, because Batman's kind of crazy. Okay. Yep. yep. And um, <laughs> and then like the scene where the bat like attacks him from his parents' grave and all that. I was like, okay, I get it. I get I get it, Zack Snyder. I get it. You're, <laughs> you're showing Batman devolving into a cruel person, how, how it's it's eat, eating Bruce Wayne. I, I get it. Very, very cin- cinematic. You know, cool. Good for you. you <laughs> cool know, story, and- bro. <laughs> you almost expect to see him in the Batcave, like, Alfred, I'm having the dreams again. <laughs> you just reminded me, Axelon. There was a, right when Superman said Martha, and then they show that dream sequence of the, of the, the, the grave scene again. Uh-huh. I remember thinking, like, do you think I forgot what his mom's name was in the last hour? Like, you, well, you made a huge yeah. point of it. Like, why do you think I'm stupid? We, we say this, but there are, there are, there are people who are kind of dumb. I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. Well, you're, you're dumb. Well, not dumb. It's just there's a lot of uninitiated <laughs> out there. And like, like my, like my mom and who didn't know that that was the flash, even There's though she included. and she and my dad brought, you know, brought me up on superheroes. She didn't realize that that was the flash in that dream sequence. And a lot of those Easter eggs went over a lot of people's heads because yeah. they're not paying attention to the comic books. They're not us. I'll be honest. It took me a little while to, to place who that was supposed to be at first. I was like, is that the flash? Well, he was wearing some weird, like metal helmet that yeah. I've never seen the flash wear anything like before. It That's was. I thought at first it was like Orion or something. Yeah, it wasn't until he like lifted the helmet. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's the Flash. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, I think that's the Flash. But like going with the whole like dream thing, like it shows just how like paranoid like Batman is. Like he, he's even paranoid against himself. Like I liked that they did show him like from the start of the movie, he's actually been planning to take down Superman like piece by yeah. piece. Like every like detective lead like he does in the movie, which is, it seems like he's just doing his typical like Gotham City crime fighting thing. No, it's all like against Superman. Yeah, it's, it's just not. It just slowly like builds point by point by point. Now I will say we made reference to this opening scene when we did the uh, the trailer hero talk, but the opening scene where they kind of show like the the Metropolis battle and and like how Bruce developed this hatred for Superman. Oh, you mean the Jeep Renegade commercial? The Jeep Renegade commercial, yeah. <laughs> I actually really liked that. Like, I thought that worked really well. I thought it was a very good way to open the movie up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you knock out the obligatory credits with Bruce Wayne's right. parents dying. Yeah, the the Jeep did. I I'm not sure I buy Bruce Wayne driving a Jeep, but he did, and he did some some crazy driving. And I, I believe that is the same footage they've used for the Jeep commercial. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. But I think it was the first car that he came across. 
he drove it beautifully. Yeah. Uh, but then I, it's it's very powerful image when like the debris are coming down and the building is coming down and he's running in while everyone else runs out. Yeah. I mean, like yes. that's it's you're when you're trying to like establish like this is who Batman is. There is absolutely no better way to do it than that scene right there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I still, it's one of the most powerful scenes, um, not just in this movie, but in cinema, I want to say. Like, that's, that's an iconic scene. Uh, and I think it probably did not have the same impact it should have had because we got to see it in every trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad they didn't try to, like, retcon it so they, they had him, like, in costume doing it. Like, oh, by the way, <laughs> while this was happening, here's Batman on the ground in the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. He, it's he, so stupid. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he just was in Metropolis. Now, in this in this universe they've established, I have seen this play out many different ways. They kind of say, like, Gotham and Metropolis are basically right next to each other, uh, basically just across a harbor from each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen it that way before. I've seen them describe, like, different writers describe them different ways. I have Some writers have said, like, it's almost New York City, Metropolis, and Gotham, and they all sort of are all neighbors to each other. Uh, some people want to say, like, well, okay, so Metropolis is a little further south and Gotham's a little further north. And Central and, City's in the center. And Central City's in the center, except on except on The Flash, where Central City somehow has a coastline. The tub scene. Can we talk about the tub scene for a minute? Uh, that was gratuitous and unnecessary, and <laughs> it was uncomfortable. I will say I was uncomfortable watching that scene. It really came out of... Oh, they kind of showed a clip of it in the trailer, so we should have known it was coming, but it still doesn't change the fact that it was out of place and just really uncomfortable. I don't want to see Superman revving his engine, so to speak. It, <laughs> it was... Yeah, I, I was I was very off-put by the scene, and I, I think... Yeah, I, I I really wish they didn't they didn't do it. it I feel like really the only reason, aside from yeah. the gratuitous nature of it, that yeah. they had that scene was like it shows that Lois is like one aside from his mother, like the only person who he relaxes around. Yeah, I uh, I just think there are better ways to do that. Like as, as Clark Kent, he's not as uh, he's 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 being his Clark Kent persona. Even even Superman is in a way like a persona for him. Like he he acts differently when he's like in yeah. the public eye. He's like, oh, I have Superman. I'm saving people. He does say that a lot. Yes, he he does. He does. Uh, I guess. And well, and he is like you've said before. He's still a rookie, and he's only been on this in a year and a half. So this I'm using as a transition to talk about the bomb. And okay. why he didn't do any very explosive transition, but okay. Uh, speaking of which, um, so he's he's at his hearing. It's a really tense scene, and kudos to Holly Hunter. Um, but something is wrong. Something is clearly wrong. Superman can see it on her face. Everyone knows that something is wrong. Lex Luthor is not there. And Superman's looking at her and he's like, what's going on? And then just just so happens to look at wheelchair guy and it's like, I understand that it's not going to be a ticking clock or something like that. But there's got to be some notifying factor to where he can at least shield him with his body to try to save some people. The fact that he's just standing there in the flames like, ah, shit, I didn't do anything. And then says the lowest later, I wasn't looking for it. He doesn't have to be looking for it. He looks at Holly Hunter directly in the face. Something is wrong. She looks at the wheelchair guy. He looks at the wheelchair guy. He can move fast enough. We all saw it with the whole him speed tackling the terrorist or whatever earlier. So I believe there's no excuse. I, I don't know. I feel like 
that's just Superman's inexperience at play again. Like mm-hmm. he he is a rookie, and he like he he's probably trying to figure out like what was wrong. Like like I don't know. I feel I feel like a more experienced Superman could have done that. Yes, but he's still like figuring yeah. his way out in the world. No, I think I can see that. Like the Superman we all know from the comics, who's been at this a while and knows what he's doing, would have taken care of that. The Superman that we're seeing in in Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, he isn't quite at the point where like, hey, you have all these powers, why don't you go check things out first? You know, it. Yeah, I think that's that's a problem people have with Man of Steel. Like, he's not quite the Superman people want him to be yet. Yeah, I think maybe some of the disappointment, though, is that in Batman v Superman, he's still not quite the Superman people want him to be yet. True, but again, like, he hasn't been challenged enough to become the Superman we want him to be yet. Not the the one we deserve, but the one we need right now. (laughs) I was really hoping we weren't going to do that. I was being so careful (sighs) not try to lead that and like, oh, maybe no one will pick up on it. You know, to me, that whole scene kind of felt like that Superman had almost just given up. Especially his reaction after the bomb goes off, it's like he was just, he's just like, you know what, I can't do this. I'm done. And yeah, yeah, for the rest of the movie, he essentially has that attitude. It's just like, I'm trying my best and nothing's getting better. Yeah, it's like, it's it's kind of almost like an X-Men dynamic with, with Superman in this movie. It's like, people, like, aside from the people he directly saves who love him, obviously, it's like, like, sure. the, like the governments, like, they don't trust him. Like, there's a bunch of, like, Westboro Baptist church style, like, protests against him. Like, you know, God hates aliens and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like, like, he's, he's doing his best to, like, save people and people just don't like him. And he, I don't think he gets it. He's like, why? <laughs> Although I would say it, it's, it's probably the best the easiest way to make him relatable is to use that dynamic because it's if everyone loves him and he's just super powered and doing things yeah. and everyone just loves him for it, it you you get the problem with the the complaints that people have had with the character for years is that he's boring yeah he saved a cat from a tree and now everyone loves him you know great i, I don't want to watch a 90 minute movie about that so i think this is a way that you kind of make it like so what happens if people don't love him and he's still trying to save the world you know i think that's a great way to take it yeah yeah i mean it, it plus it highlights just like the whole um they're continuing actually what they started in man of steel with the whole like christ metaphor thing yeah, they they lay it on kind of thick. Yeah, but like this so before it was like the introduction of of like Jesus. And now like this is like the stage where he, well, eventually he does die for our sins, but um it really does. Yeah, but uh, like this is like now he's like walking around like doing his work. You know, and some people love him, some people flock to him, some people hate him, some people want to put him on trial, you know, like, I, I get it, like, they're continuing with that, that godly metaphor, like, he's straight up called a god at certain points by certain characters, Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and... He's he's practically worshipped when he shows up at the, the, the Festival of the Dead. Yes, the Day of the Dead mm. Festival. Yeah. Um... Wow. Alright, so something I wanna, I'm, I'm gonna kind of switch gears because something that we, we haven't talked about yet, and I, I kinda wanted to, to bring some attention to it. So one, that you have that great Batman action sequence that I really wish they didn't show us before at the very end of the movie when he's trying to save Martha Kent. Oh, loved it. How Batman was that? That was, that was great. Now here's what I just don't get, right? Cause they, they have, they finally have this team up. They're like, hey, your mom is Martha, my mom is Martha, we need to work together. And, <laughs> So, you know, he's like, I got to save my mom. And Batman's all like, I will find her. I will save her. Don't worry. You need to get to the ship. And first of all, Alfred's just like, yeah, I uh, I already found her. I was listening in. I'm good at my job. <laughs> that, I love that. But the problem is, so Batman doesn't say like, hey, F- wait, 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 change plans. Uh, I know exactly where she is now. 
I didn't actually have to look. Alfred figured it out. Because what we get is we get this lengthy action sequence where Batman flies into the building, takes out all the guys. Excellent Batman scene. Phenomenal scene. I don't even mind him shooting at the end. Uh, that did come straight out of the Dark Knight Returns. Some people did not like it. I honestly didn't care. Um, the guy that he burned might not actually be dead because that's KG Beast from the comics. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so I, I really like how that scene played out. I don't mind anything about it, including the gun, because, I don't know, maybe people say it's because I'm not a real Batman fan. I want to say because I'm not so uptight, I can't appreciate for what I see. So in the meantime, while this is all happening, we see Superman show up at the at the ship, which is what he was supposed to be doing, like, while Batman was trying to find his mom. And by the time Superman, like, gets to talk to Lex, Lex is already like, oh, it's been an hour. And then he he turns on the, the speaker and he's like, you know, have we have we killed her yet? And then Batman's there. He's already done the job. So everything we've seen has already happened in the past. So what took Superman so long to get to the ship? The only recovering. explanation I have, the only one, is that he stopped for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> he was recovering. He's just been hit with well, kryptonite so much. Uh, before the fight between Batman and Superman has even started, like it's been like half an hour. Like we see that in the in the clock they put down in front of Martha. Like, yeah, it's been like, it's, he, like he only has like thirty four minutes to basically like kill Batman. He wastes a lot of time. Yeah. So I, I, I figure by the time he gets back to the ship, but by the, first off, he, he gets his ass kicked by Batman. Yep. So that, that probably took a lot of time away mm-hmm. from him. And so I figure by the time he gets back, yeah, okay. Okay, it's been about a half an hour, sure. Yeah, I guess what I just find that, like, Superman, all he had to do was fly to the ship. And Batman had to go beat up all these guys, crash through the wall to save this guy, then do the arrow thing, have the conversation. Like, Batman had a full action sequence where he had to fly in his plane. And all Superman had to do was fly to the ship. And Batman sort of took care of all of that stuff. Well, he's Batman. Yeah, I I get that, and that's about the only thing you say is, well, he's Batman because plus, plus I mean, I, I mean Batman it was, is wasn't it a little closer. weird that they they brought Martha to Gotham? Yeah, instead of like keeping her in Smallville, where it, Batman wouldn't be able to get there so fast. Neither would Superman. I don't know. I, I'm okay with that because I think maybe if it was Smallville, then then maybe Batman would have been like, all right, change of plans. We're going to swap this around. Well, I, I think, think. Well, again, this is comic book knowledge coming into play. But, um, traditionally, like, when you, when you compare Metropolis to Gotham City, Gotham City is, like, it's an older mm-hmm. city, and there's lead everywhere, so I figure if, like, A, Smallville is, like, the first place to oh, look for, aside from Metropolis. No, yeah. So if 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 he if by taking her to Gotham City, where presumably they have a bunch of lead everywhere, he can't just X-ray vision the entire city. Like, oh, there she is. Mm-hmm. Let me go grab her real quick. Then I'll be back to deal with you. Yeah, I'll think uh, you're. Yeah. I think you're putting more thought into it, but it works for <laughs> I me. Probably am. We are <laughs> really am. overthinking this yeah. movie. <laughs> it works for me, so I'm going to accept that as as a logical enough reason. Uh, I just I just think the timing was a little weird that Batman had time to do all of that stuff in the amount of time it took Superman just to fly to the ship and change uniforms too he got out of that uh that bat armor pretty quick yeah have you seen the bat poles i mean come on he can change costumes on a dime (laughs) you you see where i'm going with this though right like it all superman had to do was just fly across the harbor into metropolis and in that amount of time batman saved his mom all right so lex luthor i know we don't like him but we got to talk about that lex luthor party scene why would lex luthor know who clark kent was because he knows who superman is 
not hard to figure out who Superman. I, I'm just saying, like when he's like, "Oh, it's Clark Kent." Like this is a junior reporter from the the Daily Planet. You know, he's been there a year. Bruce Wayne is <laughs> well, like like at the part he already knows both who Superman and Batman are. Yeah, so. I, I guess I can see that. Although it is kind of ridiculous that somehow they wouldn't know who Bruce Wayne was, given that Metropolis is right next to Gotham. Well, farm boy Clark can, you know. Yeah, I guess. He doesn't keep up with the, the tabloids. I mean, he he was off deadliest catching for all those years, so he did miss a lot of the news. I kind of put true. that in the same category of the I thought she was with you line, where it worked well in the trailer, a good way to introduce him, but if you think about it too hard, it doesn't make a lot of yeah. sense. You should yeah. not pick a fight with this man. At that point, he needed to just break the fourth wall and look at and, and just say, get it? <laughs> Do you get it? He's going to do that really later. Hope we don't get a bunch of Deadpool moments in future movies because of, of the success of Deadpool. I, I really He's worry. The fourth wall breaking to Deadpool. Yeah, I Ooh. mean, but that was that was about as fourth wall breaking as you get without winking at the camera. <laughs> In, ter- in terms of, uh, I think uh, I'm going to reference the Nolan trilogy, especially uh, Batman Begins here, but uh, Carmine Falcone actually says, you know, you're Bruce Wayne, you're the Prince of Gotham, you'd have to go like a million miles to to come across someone who doesn't know who you are. So that just makes this Superman thing, especially with Gotham being right across the yeah. bay. A um, little ridiculous, yeah. more ridiculous. Although, <laughs> but Superman does say, probably go a million miles away. Yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he was in Alaska, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> not to not to knock Alaska for all my Alaskan listeners. I don't have Alaskans. Oh, speaking of, what was that scene where Clark is talking to his dad? Okay, yeah. Because yeah, Kevin we, Costner we needed didn't, money, man. We <laughs> almost didn't talk about that. How weird was that? What the hell was that? <laughs> That's like, it was the embodiment of his memories or what? Dream sequence. I was like, they could have just cut that out completely. Well, and then they were talking about, oh, Superman was the dream of a man from Kansas. I'm sitting there going, um, I watched Man of Steel. He told you to let little brats drown. He did. It was it was it was it was Jor-El. It was Jor-El's idea for you to be Superman. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get I get we're trying to retcon Pa Kent into not being the guy who said drown the kids, but that's what happened. He didn't say drown them. He said you should let them drown. Let because them die. He, and let's be fair, he didn't say anything. He said of that. maybe. He was just when, like when he asked him, like, should I have let them? Well, the implication. <laughs> Here's the like, thing: that when you're asked, should I have let the children drown? Maybe. Maybe is about morally equivalent to yes. <laughs> and it makes him as bad as Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. I, well, I wouldn't say it makes him that bad. Kilgrave <laughs> was pretty bad. I would say, though, it definitely, I understand why they wanted to put this little retcon in there. Like, oh, no, I really wanted a Superman. <laughs> well, it's not really a, a retcon, but like they say, I think at least like three to five times how like, oh, Superman and Doomsday are fighting in an abandoned area of Gotham City. Well, the first time Superman comes out, they're they're like, fortunately, because it wasn't wasn't business hours, the financial district in Metropolis was completely abandoned. And then, like, Batman's like, oh, we gotta take him to the docks in Gotham, because there's nobody there. They're totally abandoned. Yeah. And again, they're almost like, get it? So it's not like the end of Man of Steel. Yeah. I caught caught that a couple of times that they They were were like, very heavy-handed with that. I I hope you did catch it, because they mentioned it like five times. Yeah. Well, the, I think that was like that's the, the Zack Snyder answering the fans directly 
uh, as a, you know, this is going to come up. The fans are going to have this question. So I got to be like, you know, I got to answer this and, and make it really obvious that they're not fighting in, they're fighting in the abandoned buildings district in Power Rangers, basically, Which, where yeah, all the buildings the get destroyed. Just like, like, I, I, I ranted about this in the Man of Steel Hero talk a bit, but <laughs> now that we have Doomsday, like, if ever there was a time for collateral damage, yeah. It is when Superman fights yeah. Doomsday. Like that is the one Superman fight that in every every time it's been shown, like Metropolis just gets wrecked. It, in the comics, in cartoons, like Metropolis just gets wrecked. Oh yeah. How do we feel about Doomsday really being Zod's sliced with Luther DNA? I, I mean, I was fine with it. It it didn't really bother me as much as it just was like that could have been the end of the man of steel 2 movie as opposed to the batman v superman movie i i it, it felt I, like uh, that villain could have been any of superman's rogues gallery just showing up to fight him it could have been i'm all for metallo parasite could have been metallo could have yeah. been anybody so it didn't really hurt that it was doomsday it just kind of felt like like wow we're, all, we're doing doomsday already yeah, it, it was like we're, we're firing that blast out of the shotgun a little early, you know. Like you want to keep a ready spare, and Doomsday's your ready spare. So who's going to be the villain for Man of Steel too? And I'm going to put the plug in right now. I want Lobo. Mm, Not going to happen. Uh, Brainiac. Uh, Lex Brainiac. Luthor steals Batman's armor. <laughs> I thought for sure that um, Lex Luthor might use Zod's armor and like repurpose it because Zod like it basically throws it away. Yeah. In Man of Steel. I would have liked to have seen that if it was Brian Cranston. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like that whole fight in Man of Steel, like Zod's armor untouched by Superman just wailing on him. Yeah, that was good armor. This They're is, gonna this take is probably Jesse another case Eisenberg. of what would Axelon do because I'm probably overthinking it again. Wait, one more time. So this is probably a case of what would Axelon do because I'm probably overthinking again. I think we all are thinking yeah. a little too hard. I'm you, sorry, Goose. You were saying something. No, I'm sorry, Goose. I said they're going to take Jesse Eisenberg to Apocalypse and then say, oh, the time works different. When he comes back, he's Brian Cranston. <laughs> so I don't care how they do it. Just make it happen. I, I was really, really hoping that they were going to somehow actually get, like, Daddy Luthor back and have it be Brian Cranston or somebody equivalently cool. And and it just never happened. And I got this weird cartoon. I don't, I don't understand why, you know, out of all of the different interpretations of all these characters we had, they, they went so far out for Lex Luthor, who's somebody you really sort of have to get right if you want to make the Superman movie. <sighs> I feel like... The original plan was also to have the Joker involved somehow. Oh, and I... eventually they're like, no, let's put him in Suicide Squad. And they took like parts of the Joker and like combined him with Luthor. I don't know if this is accurate or I'm making it up, but I heard that Jesse Eisenberg was reading or meeting for another role. And then Zack Snyder thought to himself, hey, I bet we could go a different route on Lex Luthor with him. Uh, Zach... And I'm going to choose to believe that's true. Uh, Zack Snyder was like looking, yeah, he was looking for uh, Jesse Eisenberg to play something else. But his specific thing was that he, when he was talking to Jesse Eisenberg, he wasn't sure if he was actually insulting him or not. And that's why he thought Jesse Eisenberg would be a good fit for Lex Luthor. Because when he talks to people, you're not sure if he's insulting you or not, which is uh, weird. So basically, he's a dick. Long story short, yeah, he's a dick. 
<laughs> so did he just not meet with Brian Cranston? Is that the problem? Because I'm seriously like that. So. I I don't understand how that didn't happen. Cranston was actually lobbying for the role for a the while. Role. It's not like it's like oh we could have never gotten him. He wanted it. I feel like that is so obvious and that is such a no brainer. I, I I really feel like Zack Snyder owes me personally, Judge Greg. <laughs> An explanation as to why that didn't happen. If Heisenberg asked to be in your movie, you say yes. Yeah. I want to call. Seriously, Zack Snyder, you owe me, Judge Greg, a phone call to personally explain to me how Brian Cranston was not Lex Luthor because it's that bad. And to the DC executives who listen to Hero Talk, I would personally like to say, cut it out with the dream sequences. Mm-hmm. And in fact, or at least make them funny. Let me just say something to Warner Brothers. Could you just kind of sell DC to Disney? Oh, my God. (laughs) Really, I've given this some thought. If you just sell DC Entertainment to Disney, first of all, the movies in quality will go much higher immediately. Second of all, I have a really good chance of seeing JLA Avengers in my lifetime. I know. I knew it. (laughs) You knew it. (laughs) That's all I want. I want Justice League Avengers. I don't think I'm asking for too much here. Fair enough. But back to Batman v Superman... Um, yeah, I it was a landmark a... decision by the Supreme Court. <laughs> Matt Murdock presiding. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea of kind of where they're kind of going with the quote-unquote, uh, well, you know what, I'm not even going to call it Superman's death, I'm just going to call it Superman's nap. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's like a honey badger nap, really. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So it pretty much wipes the slate clean, because they, they said that Clark Kent was was in the downtown area where dark where they were fighting, uh, not Darkseid, uh, Doomsday. And that, so, was, that was such a strained thing to fit in there, though. Like, he was doing some reporting, guy. and yeah, like, just oh, and, and Clark Kent also died. In the abandoned part of metropolis right like so i guess the one casualty because the first thing i remember thinking of is like so they need two bodies like even if they are burying an empty casket in metropolis at some point they need two bodies to say all right well this was clark and this was superman because somebody's going to put that two and two together eventually unless uh, I mean, did, what did Batman just show up and be like? No, this is this is this is Superman's body. I'm Batman. Well, perhaps Batman set something up to where it was a. I I know that in a what was it under the Red Hood that Ra's al Ghul switches Jason Todd's body with like a a, a really lifelike double that was made of like high end polyurethane whatever. Um, I don't know. Batman could pull it off. Yeah. Where I was going with that is that. Okay, I think it wipes the slate clean so that when Superman wakes up from his nap, he can just be Superman and not have to worry about secret identities and, and, and secret identities. Exactly. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? From all the different interpretations of Superman I've seen over my life, the thing I, I dislike the most is the whole, I need to be Clark Kent. Can't let anybody learn my secret identity. I don't like the secret identity concept. And so I don't like it when it's constantly like, oh, I can't take off my mask. Oh, nobody can discover. How am I going to keep Lois from figuring this out? And so if you take that away, I am all for it. Okay. Yeah, because like ultimately he, because it was it was really easy for Lex Luthor to figure it out, and if it's really easy for Lex to figure out, I mean anyone could figure it out. It doesn't take a genius, like I said earlier. And it, I, I feel like you know Clark Kent well, dying in the Lex dumbest genius, way possible. But- what? Well, Lex is a genius, so... Yes, but it didn't take <laughs> genius-level intellect to figure out that... It's like, Clark God, Kent. if Einstein could figure out, you know, the theory of relativity, anyone could do it. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I think we've kind of, we've really run this one into the ground. Just a couple of uh, a quick notes here, uh, as long as we're talking about stuff. So Carlo Gugino did have a little brief role in it as uh, the Kryptonian AI. Who is that? Carlo Gugino? Yes. She's been in, like, a ton of stuff. I, I she was mean... Sally Jupiter in Watchmen. Uh, she was in Sucker Punch with Zack Snyder, uh, which is a movie that I like, even though I shouldn't, because it's awful. Uh, she was in Sin City, Night at the Museum, American yeah, Gangster, yeah. Stewitch Mountain, San Andreas. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right, so she was in it, and uh, Michael Shannon actually was not in this movie. Yeah, that was clearly, like, not him. It looked like a doll. Yeah. Like a life-size doll. It kind of did, yeah. It's just my FYI there. It was that polyurethane double we were talking about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Man of Steel 2, Zod, Electric Boogaloo. Yep. And... <laughs> And anyway, so uh, there was a lot of him. talk at one point about Jenna Malone. Uh, she was cast as a role, and nobody knew what it was. Uh, they did since reveal that she was going to be uh, Barbara Gordon. Yes, and she will be featured more in the extra 30 minutes mm-hmm. in the Ultimate Edition when yep. Batman I'm going to assume as Oracle and not as Batgirl. I would hope as Oracle and not as Batgirl. Oracle is what they were saying whenever they made the big reveal of when the special edition was coming out, but that was just... Marketing speak. We haven't actually got it confirmed. Yeah. So it another another sense thing for Oracle because it's twenty years of Batman. I, I think it's shining Oracle. I, I like Oracle better than her as Batgirl, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I, I like Felicity from Arrow, Oracle did it better. Uh, and Nancy I Grace know. is just as annoying when she's pretending to talk about Superman as she is when she's talking about anything else. God, that annoyed me way more than it should have. <laughs> I'm like, she's even even when it's fake, it still annoys me. <laughs> Oh, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is, just seems so stuck up, even when he's talking about Superman. Anyway, so we, I think we've put this one to bed. I think now we can finally get to the time on Hero Talk where we talk about what our favorite scene of the movie was. Uh, so you guys have had like a long time to think about it now. So Vernon, I'm going to start with you. What was your favorite part of Batman v Superman? It was tied for two though. Like, all right, that's fine. Can I give you both? You can give me both. There's yeah. no real rules here. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, yeah. fair enough. Uh, so, okay. First one was the flash uh, intro slash message slash dream slash flash travel. Um, wow. So wow. I, I, I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. And even though it was kind of weird and I thought way too much about it, um, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's because it's a, it looks like a flash that I'm going to enjoy watching on screen. Um, even though he's from a different earth and the armor is different, he'll have a different armor when we finally see him in his entirety in Justice League. Um, I think it was, I was, it was really great to see him. It was really refreshing for me. Um, the second scene that it was tied for was that, that action sequence, that Batman, uh, action sequence where like he blows out the floor. To blows up their guns and just starts taking them down and his he's his armor's knife proof and 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 they're pulling the cape they were pulling his cape mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. fantastic um because like you know it just goes with edna mode's uh you know thing of no capes so <laughs> um but yeah like of course bad guys are gonna pull on that if if you're in a fight long enough so uh yeah those are my two favorite scenes and let's not forget that he did get shot in the back of the head, and it actually showed, like, it doesn't work because the armor held. Yeah, right. It bounced off. Yeah. Love it. Yep. I did not expect you were going to say the Flash scene. I was uh, not expecting that either. Yeah. I will say I've already seen a, a Flash that I do enjoy seeing, and he's played by Grant Gustin. Okay. Goose. Uh, Goose, what was your favorite part? My favorite scene is 
basically most of the intro starting from when Bruce is running into the cloud because what it did was it did a good job of taking something we had seen in Man of Steel from like a cinematic point of view and showing just how terrifying that would be on a human level. Mm-hmm. When you see these two titans are fighting in the air and you see the destruction on the ground, it really does bring that human element into it. And this is where Ben Affleck really impressed me as Batman because he may not have had the suit, but clearly it was Batman. Mm-hmm. When he's trying to get people out, he's trying to get things going. And you can see whenever he gives him that death stare, it's like, you know, he's coming for you. Yeah. No, I, I will say that's that death stare was powerful. Absolutely powerful. All right. Excellent. You're up. Uh, like like Vernon, I had two. Uh, okay. The first one was the, was also the, uh, the Batman fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like straight out of an Arkham game. It, like it he, really was, yeah. He had counters. He he was throwing environmental objects. He was going through the floor. He had a Robocop moment where he like busted through and like grabbed the guy through the wall. Mm-hmm. He even failed a, his knife dodge counter and got stabbed. <laughs> like it's straight out of an arc game. He even had the thing that disables their guns. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 oh, yeah. the dart. The uh, disruptor gun thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And my second favorite was the uh the Batmobile scene. We only got one, mm-hmm. but uh like. We see, like, it, it's tearing through everything. It's going through walls. It's tearing through, like, a boat that he got trapped under. He's, like, gunning down people. <laughs> and then it just bounces off Superman mm-hmm. at the very end. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it, it shows, like, the Batmobile is this great and awesome thing, and Superman dismantled it in two seconds. So I have two as well, because there were just there was two scenes that I just really could not pick apart in my head which one I like more. Uh, so the first scene is uh, the one that everyone's mentioned already was the fight scene at the end with Batman being Batman. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else I can say about it, so I'm just going to keep saying Batman. Spectacular. <laughs> yeah, uh, that because we've already mentioned it. And then the, the other part, this is, comes no surprise, uh, is when Wonder Woman showed up. Like, as Wonder Woman, and I got to see your take on Doomsday, um, and I got to see the Golden Lasso. Uh, Wonder Woman's a character I actually like. It, I, like I, I know she almost doesn't get a fair rep because she always seems to be overshadowed by Batman and Superman and mm. kind of happened in this movie, too. However, I, I like Wonder Woman, and I really like Gal Gadot's portrayal of Wonder Woman, and I really like just the way that she, you know, would, like, shrug off hits from doomsday and was fighting him and cut off his hand i mean it was that was pretty awesome and and the 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 score that was playing when when she showed up like the wonder woman theme that was that was pretty cool and i i would say i've i'm on board for wonder woman movie although i would love to see wonder woman like fight more mythical beasts i really hope that we don't just see her fighting soldiers i really would like to see her fight uh more stuff that we that we see from greek mythology that comes into our on the hydra's back (laughs) <laughs> well, we did see we did see that she said that she's fought things from other worlds before, so maybe that will maybe that'll be coming down I, the pipeline. I hope so. I want to see a knockdown drag out fight with Wonder Woman because Gal Gadot made me believe that that's something that would be awesome, and so that was so those are my favorite scenes. All right, now is the time on Hero Talk where we have to give Batman v Superman a score, and as I am want to remind my listening audience, review scores are dumb. They don't matter, and they're just for people who don't want to listen to the whole review. That being said, Goose, what would you score Batman v Superman? I would give Batman v Superman four Batarangs out of 11. Four out of 11. (laughs) That seems kind of harsh and random, but that's why review scores don't matter, everybody. All right, uh, Axelon, what what would you give Batman v Superman? I would give this movie a whole bunch of Bat brands. (laughs) Okay. That's... (laughs) That's fair. Vernon, what would you give Batman v Superman? I would give this a, actually, seven and a half time travel scenes out of ten. Okay, I think that's fair. And I give Batman v Superman the Rocky freeze frame ending. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> ding, ding. All right. So that was Batman v Superman. I did not plan on it being so long of an episode of Hero Talk, but it is what it is. If you have a movie you'd like to hear its review, you can send that email to Hero Talk at Enthusiacs.com. For more content with podcasts, Let's Plays, some f- movies and reviews, you can check out Enthusiacs.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, so search for Enthusiacs. And until next time... Do you bleed? You will. All right, then. Um, uh, so, testing? <laughs> yeah, do, yeah do, Okay, done. all right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it went really quiet, and I got really nervous that we lost everybody for a second there. And the blooper reel has begun. <laughs> it has begun. <laughs> Probably a good time now to mention Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. <laughs> it was his sled. <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing's off the table. Everything's fair game. I could cut this and put it in the beginning, but I'm not going to. Snake so. kills Dumbledore. Yeah, well, once, once the gas wears off, the gas doesn't work. Whoa, whoa, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you guys both talked at exactly the same time. We got none of that. <laughs> Like, like uh, that made perfect with, sense to me. What, what, scene with, have you had a Jolly Rancher? They're delicious. And in, in Africa, and never mind. <laughs> no, we're, but yeah, no. On Jolly Rancher, never mind. It, it, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. At least he was just cutting on his finger. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, see now I gotta cut that goose. See, see, Goose always makes it awkward. This is how it goes. Yeah, no. You know what? We we had a funny Jolly Rancher moment there, and you ruined it. You know, it was the eighties, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's why his suit looks so bizarre. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what Goose does. That's what he brings to Hero Talk. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit ridiculous, but this is not the Flash hero talk, and that's coming soon. Phrasing. <sighs> but yeah, there is going to be a Flash hero talk, because it's almost the only reason why I had to do Arrow Seasons 1 and 2. Arrow Season 2 coming soon. We're maybe out already. I don't no, know. I don't know what order I'm going to put them out in. i got to cut this. It's down. not out yet. But... It's all good. And the blooper reel rolls on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, we need to transition to something. So somebody come up with another thing they want to talk about. Let me, let me, I have notes here. Okay. Let's, Hang let's, on. Let's, you know. Use your notes. So. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Pull it together, man. Come on. Yes. Okay. Axelon strikes again. <laughs> talk about the bomb. When Some days just... you can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> Superman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And again, I'm just I, I go back to the Chick Fil A. I think that's he stopped. Maybe with the kryptonite, he had to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot out of him. He needed to. Yeah. I, I I will say when you get one of those sandwiches and like a little Chick Fil A sauce, a little lemonade. Mm. The lemonade is oh amazing. You guys are ridiculous. See, see, that's what it is. He was just sitting there eating, and he was like, "Oh crap, I got to get back." <laughs> Oh, Goose, you're so quiet. Ooh, really far away. What, what are you doing? Where did, did you go to the bathroom go? and decided to keep recording Hero Talk? <laughs>
Hey guys! Hey! I'm getting a sandwich! I just wanted to talk about Batman some more! <laughs> so. That right. and it'll make kids actually learn about World War One. <laughs> oh hey, Goose is getting closer. <laughs> the more you know. Do 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 do.